Hello, Silvertown. Welcome to the Silvertown podcast. Let's jump on that silver train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. And today we have the special, the one and only Rags. Good morning, Rags. Good morning. How are How, you? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm here, so I'm awesome. And you're like all the way across the country for me, kind of. But I it's am. hot and muggy Orlando, where you're Florida. at, huh? <laughs> yep, you got the dry, I got the humid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Rags, we get to hear your story today. I'm really excited. Um, I really don't know much about your story. So we just get to uh, play this by And that's what we do here at Silvertown Podcast. We just, we're raw, we're unfiltered. And take as much time as you want, my friend. Okay. Well, thank you. I guess the only good way to start is to just start, right? Yeah. Crazy. That's my real name. Rags is, um, is a play on my last name, which is Regalia. So Rags is always the nickname in our family. Well, my adopted, I say adopted, my husband's side of the family. So I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is the dairy state for those of you that don't know. And it is an absolutely wonderful place to be from because it is absolutely shirt off your back kind of people that will do anything for you. And that's certainly how I've always lived my life and how I raise my children to be the same. I have the most amazing family in the entire world. They are so giving and so loving and they made me feel so special. I mean, I couldn't ask for, for people to be as incredible as they are. And I wish that I could just pocket them and share them with everyone because they're just so full of joy. And again, made me feel like I could do anything. And, you know, what a gift that is, you know, to, to have that as you grow up. So I, I have this beautiful family that loves me so much and has done so much to make me feel on top of the world. And, you know, even from young on, I remember my mom, she had a dream before she was pregnant and an angel, she said an angel had come to her and told her that she would have a beautiful, healthy baby girl that would be so not only loving to uh, her husband, my dad and her, but to everyone that she would come in contact with. She would be a peacemaker and would just make people feel comfortable and happy. I mean, it sounds kind of hokey um, and really, but she believed it and she woke up, she took a test and she was pregnant and she just, you know, she couldn't wait to tell me that story. And she's told me that story her whole life. And I don't know if I just started to become what she said, because, you know, I, I believe children kind of live up to whatever you believe, you know, whatever you feed them. I feel like children try to become that. So that's why I always hate it. If somebody says, oh, that kid's such a demon or he's so bad. And, you know, I just, kids always want to believe in their own goodness and they want to strive to become what you think that they are. So I was very lucky to have the idea that, you know, I was here for a good purpose, that I was going to make people happy and, and be a peacemaker. And, and, and that gave me a lot of purpose, you know, it made me feel like I knew where I was going. And no matter what I did, I had, you know, I had a sense of what I was here for. Um, in addition to that, it would give me, it just, it gave me such a strong faith experience 
oddly enough, as a kid, I said to my mother, I want to go to Catholic school. Uh, this is before like first grade. I had said to her, I, I really, I just, I want to go to Catholic school. I want to be part of a, you know, a, a, a school experience that includes God. And that was really important to me. Like my parents were pushing that on me, which, you know, what kids says that, you know, um, but I did. And uh, it's, it's how I felt. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I get sort of embarrassed of the Catholic religion and, you know, cause it's just, there's a lot of shit about it that I just can't handle um, obvious reasons. And, you know, the, even listening to some of the people on the podcast, you know, they were saying how, you know, the shunning and the guilt ridden bullshit that goes along with it. And, you know, my family, we were just never like that. You know, we just, we, we got out of it, what we put into it. And, you know, we didn't let any of that bullshit, you know, we, we worshiped the way we wanted to, we put into it, what we needed and we got out of it what we wanted so you know and that's just always how we've been we would search for like liberal catholic churches that weren't so boring and stagnant you know because <laughs> i mean they are boring and stagnant you know like i i want to worship i want to sing from my heart like and, and you don't really get a lot of that but my family had a very you know a very big love of god but they just they never pushed it on me it was just something that i wanted um and stood for so um it gave me a sense of, you know, I, I want to be a good person. I want to be good to others, uh, along with the same idea of this whole, my purpose of being a good person. So, you know, along with this, I decided that I wasn't going to drink in high school and I wasn't going to smoke and I wasn't going to do drugs. And I was very serious about that. I was very intentional. And in the same breath, I was also very ser serious about saving myself. Um, I wanted very much to have one person for the rest of my life that had that piece of me. And I was, you know, I was very sincere about that. And I didn't let anybody sway me. Like I was peer pressure, like just did nothing for me. Like if you, you know, when we were in high school and they, people would be like, come on, we're going to party it up. You know, we're going to go live it up and come on, don't be a pussy, you know, or whatever they would say. Um, it just, it, it just re-motivated me to being like, forget you. Like if you, if you feel like you're going to convince me to just go fuck off and drink with a bunch of people just to be stupid, no thanks. Like now I'm really inspired not to go because to me, that's a zero importance, you know? So it just didn't phase me. I would just find people that I resonated with better. And, you know, I usually found those people in theater. I started to find theater and um, expressing myself in that way. And I just didn't need any of that bullshit. I didn't, I didn't care if somebody wanted me to drink or wanted me to, you know, I developed very young, unfortunately. Like, I think, I think I got my period when I was nine and my mom thought I was dying. I'm pretty sure. Um, she said to, you know, she, she said to me, you know, this is strange. It's a little bit early, uh, but we're just going to go with it. And, you know, I just developed quickly, <laughs> you know, like here I was, this is, this is me since sixth grade. Like, the same height, like I'm 5'2", I'm very short, um, same size of everything um, since sixth grade. So I was quite popular in that respect because I'm pretty voluptuous, unfortunately. Um, and it just, you know, gathers a lot of attention, you know, like here I am, uh, sixth grade. And um, yeah, anyway, so people made it their mission, not only to get me to try to drink alcohol, but to, you know figure out why I was this virtuous person, why I didn't want to give myself up. And it just kind of became 
a silly freaking game as to, you know, why wasn't she giving it up? And let me see if I can get her to give it up. And my older brother used to get very angry because people would kind of say, you know what, let's take her out and we'll see if we can, you know, get her to give it up. And, you know, it was, I mean, who does that? I mean, that's just some sick shit, you know, but I, I just felt like, you know, when hormones are involved, people, people don't think clearly let's just just say that but you know I wasn't bending for anyone and I was going to save myself for and I didn't care how long it took so um so yeah so I'm I'm saving myself I'm not drinking I'm not smoking and I'm navigating my way through high school and I'm pretty happy like I I my family like I said was so good to me that I found myself like even wanting to hang out with them more so even than my, my own friends sometimes. I wish I could convince my kids of this because I would love if they wanted to spend time with me like that. But I mean, there was just so much love there. I mean, my parents would say to me, and they meant it very intentionally, you know, no matter what happens to you during the day, no matter what, you know, you face, you always have a home to come to where you are loved unconditionally and without question and without, you know, I don't care what happened to you today. You're going to come home and you're going to be loved. And I mean, there's nothing better than hearing somebody say that to you, you know, um, that truly is such a gift. So it helped me. I mean, I made it through high school. I had so many friends. I didn't miss out on anything. I certainly didn't miss out on any stupid parties. Um, that that's for damn sure. Um, so I think I graduated in 1994. That was when I graduated. And, you know, I'm going so strong with the not drinking and the saving myself. And um, and then, boom, I fell in major love At, after graduation the summer before. I fell in love with somebody who I went to school with. And um, we were going to separate colleges, which, um, you know, is always a tug at the heartstrings. You know, long distance relationships, obviously the worst possible thing in the world. But when you have a, a love basis that you start out with, you know, it's going to make you or break you for sure. Um, but this time it was, you know, I had dabbled with love many times in high school, like many people I had a lot of feelings for, but, you know, it always led to heartbreak because they eventually just wanted one thing and I wasn't willing to give that part of myself. So, you know, heartbreak after heartbreak and you know whatever but I still just jumped right back in like it didn't even phase me like you know what it's all right let me just see who maybe the next person is going to be the one so I'm in love and we go to separate colleges and it's we remain in contact and he decides that he can't handle it anymore so he moves to Minneapolis St. Paul which is where I went to college in the Twin Cities um, and he would, he decided to come. So I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, like he's coming all the way across the States to be with me. Um, maybe I need to consider, you know, maybe this is the one, you know, maybe I need to give myself to him. And I remember specifically walking, um, through the college campus and hearing the song, give it away now <laughs> by the red hot chili peppers. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, why don't I like, what's wrong? Like he loves me. He's coming all the way here. You know, I've been really good. I've, I've made it all the way through high school. I didn't give my parents, you know, a baby to deal with. And, you know, I, I, I did it. I made it through and maybe I should just, why am I being so hard on myself? You know, like I'm in college. It's the time of my life. Let me just, I'm going to give it away. Let me just give it away. You know? So 
I did. I gave it away to this person that I thought, you know, was the one. Um, and uh, it was like the floodgates like opened up because like, as soon as I <laughs> did that, I was like, why was I waiting? You know, um, silly enough. Um, and then I just started becoming terrible. Like every, all of a sudden everything else went with it. Now I'm drinking, I'm going to parties, I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm like, what am I doing? Like all of a sudden <laughs> one thing happens and now the rest is just coming towering down, you know? Um, so, you know, I was having a good time, much better than I had been just, you know, I think you find that when you hold something back for so long, you know, you just, all of a sudden you're making up for lost time. So anyway, were, were you in the same town as your parents still at this time? No, uh, Minneapolis is a six hour drive, okay. eight hours on a train from where they were at. So again, I think that a lot of my letting go was also, you know, making sure that I didn't disappoint them. Like if I would disappoint my parents, all they had to say was, I am disappointed in you. And I was like, oh no, don't, don't be disappointed in me. Even to this day, like if somebody's upset with me, I, I can't handle it. I just, I can't deal with it. I, I'm way too sensitive for that. So, um, so I think that gave me my, you know, well, I'm dead on here and they're not going to see me come home drunk. And so they can't be disappointed in me and they're not going to know about my sex life. So what the hell, you know? And so, so the smoking and the drinking, they began, but I, you know, even so, as I got introduced to alcohol in college, it still wasn't, I think I was 19. So yeah, I was 19 years old. And, um, I still, I, I, I got obviously realized how hammered I could get and very quickly, uh, saw what my limit was. And I just, I hate to be sick, hate it. And I just, I know what my limit is and I, and I just, I don't cross it. And, and even that, to that point, I was like, you know what? I had like a three day hangover a couple of times. And after that, I was like, yeah, I'm never, never going to feel that way again. So I was good about finding my limit and just, again, not crossing it. And even so, like I would go to parties with people and I was still like the, the babysitter, you know, like I'll go with you, but I'm going to take care of you. And my friends hated to go with me because they were like, son of a bitch, Tracy's ruining everything, you know, because I'd be like, are you not going to do that with that person? You don't know that guy. Like, what's happening? You're not going to go. Like, even in spring break, they never invited me, never, because they knew that I was going to be like, you're not taking a shot out of that guy's belly button. And he's not taking a shot out of your belly button because you don't freaking know that guy. And you don't know where he's been. <laughs> and they're like, dude, you're ruining everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm ruining everything because you're being stupid. So stop being stupid. Anyway. So they didn't take me anywhere. <clears throat> and I was always taking care of everybody. And, you know, as soon as they got home safely, then I would, you know, do what I needed to do. Like I'd have another drink or whatever, because I knew that everybody that I knew that I loved and cared for, which usually is most people <laughs> that I, um, if I have you in my life, I have you perfectly and I care deeply for you, whoever you might be. So I'm going to take care of you. I'm certainly going to make sure you're safe. And then I can relax e even now, like to this day, like if I, you know, if my family members or somebody goes out drinking, I can't uh, do it because I want them to be safe. And then once they're safe, then, you know, I'd have to sit down and have my glass of wine and feel like, ah, oh, okay, everyone's safe. I can, I can give myself what I want, which, you know, as I got older was wine. But anyway, so I'm, I moved there. The boy comes, I lose it. I'm definitely becoming introduced to the world of alcohol and uh, he breaks up with me and I can't handle it. Like I, I'm thinking like, holy shit, 
I waited all this time and this is, you know, so important to me. And now what am I going to do? And, you know, looking back as my 46 year old self, I am like, you know, no, no, this is so silly. It's you're, you're 19 years old or 20 or whatever it was at that time. Like, I think we dated for a couple of years. Um, so what? So, so life moves on, you know, get over it. You know, you're going to find somebody else and let it go. But, you know, I had waited so long and I just felt like this, you know, I had, I just was so disappointed, you know, it really fucked me up bad. So <clears throat> whatever I did, um, I called my best friend who my last year in high school, she was our foreign exchange student. She was from Tokyo. Her name was Akiko. And if I ever had a soulmate in my life, uh, it's her. And um, she lived with us for a year and, you know, she was my world. And she, you know, it was back in those days, you had to like buy a calling card and then you had to like hope that you had enough money and that it was like, I have 30 seconds left. You know, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose you. You know, like we didn't have messenger and all that stuff. So I used as much money as I could to call her and I, I left her a message and I said, you have to understand. I'm so upset. I'm so lost. Uh, and I told her why. And she knew both of us because she went to school with both of us. And she didn't even think twice about it. She heard it in my voice. The next day, she booked a ticket from Tokyo, flew all the way to Minneapolis to be with me. And as I'm looking back now, I'm like, wow. I mean, she is amazing. And who does that? You know, but she did. And, you know, she fixed me. She just, she fixed it, you know? All I needed was for her to come and say, it's okay, you know, you're gonna be fine. I know you waited all that time and I know that he's not the one, but you're all right, you know? And usually, even right now, that's what I need. I need, <laughs> I need to be told that, you know? And I think that that comes back from the days when my parents used to give me all of these accolades, you know? They, they made me feel like the sun rose and set in my ass, you know? And, you know, it was a wonderful thing to have such a wonderful family like that, but, you know, it also leads to quite a bit of disappointment in life because when you go to work and you have a job, your boss isn't blowing sunshine up your ass, you know? Um, so I was sort of like addicted to their accolades, you know, or them saying to you, you know, Tracy, you're, you're amazing. You're, you're wonderful. You're fine. You're, you can do this, you know? So I, I guess I'm looking for those same things, you know, in my relationships with my husband, with, you know, whoever. So anyway, she comes, she fixes it for me. And, um, she knows him too. And he's excited to see her. And, and we kind of, we, we drift back together. She kind of puts us back together. Like, and we last again. And, you know, as young relationships are, again, they're not going to last. There's a lot of <laughs> temptations everywhere. And uh, she, we break up for a third time. I feel like it was, I feel like he always broke up with me on Valentine's day. I was like, what, you just don't want to get a gift. I'm cool with it. I hate Valentine's day. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't get me anything. Just pick another day. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to call her and I felt bad because she had already come to see me. Um, but she was traveling in India. I'll never forget because she was traveling with this, just this asshole that she met that had got her into some stupid shit. And, um, this time, you know, I had to do it myself and I had to figure out how the hell I was going to deal with this. And so I, I was almost done with school. I was about ready to graduate and I just, I was losing it. So I said to my, I called my mom and I was like, listen, I need you to please borrow money to me, please. I, 
I, I'm dying. I'm lost. I have to go somewhere. And I kept on hearing the song. What the hell's the name of the song? Where's Lee when you need him? Um, it was, uh, it's, it talks about going to California. Like if you're going to go to, if you want to go to California, I think you should. I, I don't know. I don't know the band, but I, I was hearing the song and I was going, you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to California because I can't, I can't stay here. I can't stay here. I can't look at him. I can't be around him. Uh, I can't deal with this. And I had relatives that lived there and uh, my mom's like, you know what? Okay, I'll do it. So she booked my ticket. I went there and, you know, my family there is, is amazing. And they just, you know, they just, they took me in, they made me feel good. They made me feel special. And there was a girl that I had met in college that I was friends with pretty good friends with. And she had just moved down there recently to try to become an actress, like, you know, like everybody else doesn't usually work out that good. Um, so she remained in touch with me and she's like, cool, you're here. Like I have this party I want to take you to. It's awesome. You got to come. And it was like one of my last days of being in, um, being in California and my, my family lives in Burbank. So it's like really close to where everything goes down. So she picks me up. She takes me to this Hollywood party, which I don't know if I should say the name of the well, whatever. I don't freaking care. So it was a cast party for the movie Vegas Vacation. And, but it was like a nobody cast, like, like Chevy Chase and all the important people. Like it wasn't theirs. Like it, it was just like the nobodies that were on the show that were just celebrating the end of it. You know, I don't know. I don't know much about it because I'll get there. But um, so we, we go in and I'm kind of fish out of water. Like I'm definitely out of my league here, you know, I'm, but it's just at an apartment. So I don't feel like there's anything really that wrong with it. So I'm watching my drink carefully because again, I'm not stupid, you know, like I know, I know better and I don't know these people and she's already gone off and done what she does. And, and I think she's just trying to make her Hollywood connections or whatever. Um, but she totally just abandoned me. Like she just left me there and I, I didn't know what to do. Like I was kind of like, Hmm. So I, I kind of just, from that point on, I don't really remember what happened. I woke up and I was in a shower in somebody's house that I don't know. And I was, I had my clothes on, well, at least most of them. And as I opened my eyes, I'm looking at this person and I'm going, holy fuck, what the, what is happening? Like, who are you? And why, why am I here? You know, um, I have the chills telling you the story. It's just, it's just killing me. Um, so I'm freaked out. Like I'm totally freaked out and I'm start screaming. Like, what are you like? Wh why am I here? And he's like, no, no, I'm just, somebody was trying to hurt you and I'm taking care of you and I'm putting you in the shower because I need you to wake up. See, I didn't take your clothes off. And I'm like, well, some of them are off, you know? Um, he's like, but I need you to wake up. I need you to get up because I, I just, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on with you. And I'm like, hmm. like, I, I don't really, I don't know you. So I can't trust that what you're saying is true. You know, you might just be the one that's, you know, certainly the one that's screwing me up here. So I'm assuming it's roofies. I figure out later that it is because I, when I eventually got home, I went and, you know, got tested and, and got tested many times for months after that, um, just to make sure I was okay. Um, but I, I didn't. It was what? Roofies, you said? Roofies. Yeah. What, what's that? I don't know what roofies, it is. Roofies is a drug uh, that you slip into people's drinks 
or oh, I think got you. Roofies, yeah. So and it, but it puts you out. Like it takes you don't know what happens to you. You pass out, and then like I said, like when I came to, I'm in a shower at somebody's house. I don't know. You know, I, I was never so scared in all my, and I didn't even know where my purse was. I, I didn't know. I, I, at this time, we didn't have cell phones in, in these days, you know? So I, I'm like, I don't even know my aunt's phone number. I, I was never expecting my friend to leave me there, you know? So now I don't know how to, I don't know how to call my aunt. I don't know how to get home. And I'm with this person that I'm not sure is trying to kill me or whatever, whatever he's doing. So I don't know what to do. And I, I just say to him, listen, I need to get home. Um, and I don't know where that is. <laughs> I can tell you it's on this street and it's in Burbank and that's all I know. And he goes, well, we're on, we're on the sunset, uh, uh, Santa Monica pier. I think he said, and, um, and sure enough, we were, he, he all my clothes were wet. So we put, he get, put him in a bag, gave me some of his clothes. And I, I just said, you need to get me a cab now. And so he, he did. And I just said to the cab driver, I don't know where I live. <laughs> I don't know how to get home, but you have to help me. And I'm crying and I'm crying. And I'm like, I'm so scared because I don't know how to get anywhere. You know, so he takes me to the street that I know of and, and in the city that I know. And we just start driving around. I'm like, can you just drive slowly? And I'm just looking at houses, like hoping to remember which freaking house it was that my aunt lived in. And by the time we got to her house, thank God we did. I think the cab bill was like, oh, oh my God, it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I, wow. I, I had no choice but to, to have her pay it, you know? And I paid her back, of course. Um, but she was so freaked out, you know? But I mean, in those days, you couldn't call. You couldn't say, hey, I'm, I'm stuck. I need you, you know? So, you know, people always complain about phones, but shit, that's a really good good side of them these days you know um so so I didn't do a really good job helping myself this time so Kiko was you know Kiko was my help the first time getting over and the second time I kind of fucked myself up so I go back to Minneapolis and I'm almost ready to graduate and um again I make sure I'm tested I they test they find out that it was roofies um and I, I'm tested for all sorts of shit because I'm afraid and then you know you Anyone that takes, you know, sexually transmitted disease tests, they know that it takes sometimes a really long time to get them back and you have to keep taking them. And, you know, I'm all this time, I'm just so angry. I'm just so angry because I'm like, this is just so unfair. Like, I can't believe this girl just freaking left me. You know, I still don't know what happened to that girl. I don't, I don't know. So and then you're, you're violated on top of that. Oh, like, so, so I just felt so, and I don't know whether I should have trusted that guy or not. Did he really try to help me? Did he save my life? Or was he the one trying to ruin it? You know, I, I'll never know that story or that side of it, but I'm just glad I got the hell out and, um, in one piece. So I fly back and I'm good. I've cleared all tests and I'm feeling much better. I finished my last, I, I'm just so proud of myself because I, I finished school in four years. I was so happy. And, uh, and I was going for my intern. They let me walk through graduation, which was nice, but then I had an internship in Orlando and that was how I ended up where I am. I think there were plenty of times in Minneapolis, St. Paul that I just, it's so freaking cold there. Like I, there were times where I laid down, I thought I'm going to just lay down right here and I'm going to die. This is how it ends. Like, this is how cold it is. And it is an enormous campus. I mean, you have to walk 
pretty far outside and long distances in the, there were days that were like, don't let any part of your body be exposed for more than 3.5 seconds. And I'm like, what about my eyes? The <laughs> air, the air yeah. freezes there. You can friggin' yeah. see the air particles. Yeah, yeah. your nose, your nose hairs freeze. It's ridiculous. I was like, never again. It, it, that, it did me in. Like, I love Christmas and I love snow, but nope, I was never going back. And my family every year used to come, uh, we would vacation at Disney and it was like, Disney is everything to me. It's partly why I stay here. Um, we love going to the parks and I'm never sick of it. But anyway, I was coming to Orlando and I was not leaving. Like I knew it. I was never going home. And my parents still lived in Wisconsin at this time, but then they eventually followed me here. And uh, I knew they would because my dad used to always say, well, you can't shovel sunshine. So we're on our way, <laughs> you know? Um, so before I, before I graduated, my best friend Kiko came back and this is right after all of this happened. And so I wanted desperately to tell her my story and to tell her how bad I did <laughs> doing it myself instead of using her help. And um, when she came, she was just, she was just so different. Like she, the guy that she had met and the travels that she had done in India and Thailand, and she went all over the place and she just got into some really bad shit. And I just couldn't reach her. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get to her. It was like she was dead inside. And um, she didn't want to talk about any of the good memories we had. And like, I'd show her pictures and try to like, she'd be like, nope, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Like it just, and it killed me. And I really needed her like, cause I was coming off of this terrible situation and I just wanted my best friend and she just wasn't there, you know? Um, but I, but at this point I just wanted to take care of her, you know, like I wanted to pay back what she did for me and, and just help her because she just seemed so lost, you know, and she had flown in for my brother's wedding. He was getting married and, you know, because she lived with us for a year, that was like her brother, you know? So she was, she was there to be in the wedding. And, um, I remember I was singing a song. I sang to my brother and his wife at the wedding. Um, I think I was singing the Rose by Bette Midler and the, the words to that song are wow. Amazing. Um, but I'm looking at her across the room and she's crying hysterical and I'm singing and I'm trying really hard to sing because I'm so in front of all these people and I'm just like crying myself singing too. Like I, I just, she never cried. Like she would cry when we would say hello and goodbye, but, but she was never like this, you know? And I just felt so much pain from her and I, I'm an empathic person and I feel people's pain intensely. So when somebody is upset, I, I can't, I, I like, I, I soak it in and I just, I take it in. That's another thing about the mediator. It says right there, clear as day. You know, I, I didn't used to buy into that empathic thing. Like I thought, oh, I'm an empath. Come on. Like, is that really a thing? You know, I'm just sensitive, you know, but it's, it's true. I mean, I take everybody's pain onto myself and that's partly why I, I get addicted to this app. The app, when I say the app, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to say it out loud. IAS, well, you can, we, that's how we, I found you, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we talk about IAS. It's okay. No okay. So that's how I found you, my dear friend that I adore. And um, all the people that I just absolutely love so much on the app. So anyway, um, I forgot what I was saying. So uh, you were taking care of your friend. Yeah. So I'm singing to her and I'm crying and she's crying. And I'm trying to get keep myself together because it's a wedding and I <laughs> shouldn't be crying and singing at the same time. Um, and after the wedding, 
I said goodbye to her. And I remember I had to put her on a bus because she had to take another bus to like another airport. And I didn't have a car at that time to drive her. And I remember she held her hand up on the bus window. And I, I just had this image of her face and her hand. And I'm crying. She's crying. And I just, it's this, I just, I know I'm never seeing her again. I just, I know in my heart, I'm not going to see her. And it's going to kill me. You know, I just, I have this, but I can't focus on it because I have to pack my bags. I have to go to Orlando and I have an internship and I need to be there. And, and I can't, I can't think about it. I'm just going to give it to God, which is what I always say. And it's what I try to do. And I moved on. So I moved to Orlando. Let's take a break right there. Mm -hmm. This is about a half hour. Let's take a break and then we'll be right back with you moving to Orlando. Okay, Rags, we're back and you're moving to Orlando. I am. And that is where I still am. I have never left here. So, um, so I moved to Orlando for my internship and I had every intention of never returning to Minneapolis or to Wisconsin as nice as they are and as lovely as they are, I, I was not going back for any more of that cult. So, um, so I, I moved into the apartment where I had it and, um, this person knocks on my door at the first day I just move in and, uh, it's a, it's a guy and he's like, I live two doors down from you and I need your help. And I'm like, okay, I just got here. Um, and you have an adorable little accent. And where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from Northern Ireland. Interesting, because obviously we know people from there. And uh, he's like, I'm in the internship with you. And I'm really upset right now. And you look like someone easy to talk to. And I really need a friend. And I'm like, all right, what you got? <laughs> like, here I am. I have all day. I have nothing to do but unpack. So just spill it. And uh, he tells me that he's just lost his best friend. His best friend has killed himself back at home. And he doesn't have anybody here that he can talk to. He can't fly home. And he is devastated. And so I spend my entire evening crying, you know, hugging this person, being there for this person, you know, the empathic one that I am. And I'm just crying with him. Like, I just, I can't, all I can think about is, oh my gosh, if this was a Kiko, and I was still really sensitive from that because I, I knew how, you know, messed up she was. So I was just crying thinking, oh man, if this was, you know, my best friend, I would, I would be so upset. And um, so I did what I could do. And we became great friends from that point on, like we were the best of friends. And the next day, literally the next day, my parents knock on my door and I'm like, I open the door and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like I just got here. I love you guys. I just saw you, but I just moved here. <laughs> so what's up? You know, like, why are you here? And they're like, well, and the look on their face was like terrible. And I knew that the worst was about to come out of their mouths. And they were like, we came here because we knew that you would not take this well. So we wanted to tell you in person. And um, so um, we heard from Akiko's mom and uh, she jumped in front of a train and she killed herself. And all they found was her wallet. It was a bullet train in Tokyo. 
and um, it's just like that's she's my world, you know. Like she was everything to me, and I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew that she needed me, and I couldn't. I couldn't fix it. Like she fixed me, you know. So um, that was the most horrific news I could have possibly gotten. I, I'm just getting to Arlindo. I'm just trying to assimilate myself on my own after college. And this is just the worst thing to hear. And, I, and not to mention, I can't possibly fathom the fact that the night before I am speaking to somebody who has the same situation and, you know, you can't tell me that things like that aren't planned up above because I, I mean, I'll never believe anyone that says no, because I mean, what are the chances of that? You know, what are the chances of that? So, you know, the connection between the two of us becomes a really good friendship and um, really not much more than that. Um, but anyway, so I finished with my parents and uh, they're staying at the Renaissance hotel across the street from where I lived. And I spent all night crying by myself and then returned back home to knock on his door and say, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe what I have to tell you. And so then he stayed up all night, you know, trying so hard, crying with me. Now we're both like a mess. So this internship starts out real happy, you know, basically. And, um, and so all of my friends there, like it's an internship. We worked at timeshare resorts and we were activity directors. So anytime you stay at a timeshare resort in Orlando, you know, you have an activity director that face paints and does pool games and barbecues. And, you know, I did enough Macarena in my life to, I never want to see ever again. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so we, they, we, we met people from all over the world and there were people from England and Ireland and, again, Northern Ireland and Spain and Colombia and you name it, you know, and we just had party after party after party. And boy, were we self-medicating at this point, you know, because those Irish people, they can drink, you know? So um, I, I am making up for lost time and I am still drinking, but I'm still the same person that never drinks too much, that always knows my limit. I think the only time I can count on my hands, I think maybe one hand, as the number of times that I've been truly intoxicated, like to the point of blitzed, you know, like I just, again, I don't cross that line and I always end up taking care of everybody else. So, you know, all of my Irish friends used to say to me, you're the worst drinker because you can't drink, you know, you suck at it. So, you know, and I do suck at it. Like, it's just not my thing. Like I, I, I don't drink to excess, but I need it. You know, and that's where I got to the point where I needed it every day. I wanted it every day. I wanted to sit down and have a drink and, and just, huh, you know, like my friends would go out to Pleasure Island or to wherever they were going, like to go clubbing. And it just, again, not my thing. So I was like, I would stay home. I'd make sure that they got home safely or I'd go with them and then suffer and like wait for the song, the last dance to come on. Cause I knew it meant that I could go the hell home and sit on my couch and just, do nothing and drink wine by myself because I knew that everyone was safe. Same pattern as I, I always have. Um, so you always waited to the end. Yes. To get drunk. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, I say drunk, but like, you know, but two, two glasses, I'm good. Like I, and, and even now, like as an adult, 
I'll have two glasses of wine and, and that's it. I'm good. I, I, I will stop at that because again, I don't want to be sick, but I will tell you that, you know, I need it every day. And that's what I don't want. I don't want to need something every day. I, I need that. And that's why it's taken me so long to get to this point because I, I want that ah, feeling of knowing that everything's okay and everybody's safe. And now I, this is for me. This is what I'm always taking care of everybody else. Now this is for me, which is sad because I don't want alcohol to be for me. No, now it's sobriety and I'm, <laughs> I'm so grateful for it. But um, so I'm, I'm doing my best to still be who I am. And I, I remember I'm sitting down and I'm at a, I'm, I'm waiting to paint somebody's face. I remember and a butterfly comes and lands on my hand and it's just stays there. It's like flapping its wings up and down and just staying there, which is so unusual, you know, and it's a monarch butterfly and I'm just staring at it and it's just looking at me and I'm just bawling. Like I'm, I'm so like torn up with emotions because I know I feel intensely that this is my friend and that she's telling me she's okay and that she is okay. And to this day, every time I see butterflies, I always think of her. And I actually had to physically let the butterfly go. It just, it wasn't going anywhere. So, you know, remember when I talked about the whole Catholic thing, like when my, when Akiko lived with us every week, she would come to church with us and, you know, it had to be a pretty liberal and relaxed Catholic church for her to feel like comfortable. I think that she was the Shinto religion. I think in Japan, you're either Shinto or you're Buddhist. And I think she was Shinto. Um, but she went to church with us. She wanted to go. We never forced her to go. And um, one day I remember she turned to me and she was like, can I go to communion? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. You know, obviously I, she, you know, according to the rules, you know, you shouldn't do that. But if you're, you're never going to tell me that I don't think that Jesus would say, oh yeah, no, you, you go, you, you can't come to the table. Hell no. So I was like, absolutely, let's go, let's do this. So I, you know, I watched her and I was in awe. Like she took the bread, she did the sign of the cross, which I didn't teach her. She took the wine, she did the sign of the cross and then she sat down and I was like, wow. Like <laughs> I was it was such a happy moment for me. And even now, like I have no doubt in my mind that she's in heaven. I don't believe in the bullshit of suicide and not going to heaven and stuff like that. But anyway, I, I know she's there. I have absolutely no doubt. Um, so that keeps me, um, that keeps me grounded to be truthful with you. Um, so I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better, but I'm still not, I'm still not over the fact that I couldn't, you know, save her like she saved me. So I'm, I get a call from a friend of mine that he was friends with her as well and heard about her death. And he's like, you know what? I want to, I want to do something for you. I, I, I know you're down and out and I want you to come visit me. I'm going to make you feel better. I know you don't have a Kiko anymore, but I'm going to make you feel better. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm a little bit hesitant because he's one of the, I had been friends with him since middle school and I was a guy, you know, so, you know, the hormones always get in the way. I don't, um, but anyway, so he invited me and he had always been somebody that I said no to a lot. Like he, you know, we had a little bit of spark, some feelings there, but we never really dated. We never did anything. And, you know, I think that sometimes people have personalities where there's just certain energies that spark together, you know, and just 
just mesh well. Um, but we just never did anything about it. So I went because he's inviting me to come and talk about Akiko. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm cool. I can, I can afford it. I got money now. I can go. So I went. And this particular person, I won't say what he does, um, but he did well for himself. Like he was a little bit famous for what he was doing at the time. And um, he was really proud of himself. Like, you know, like he was going to prove to me that he had had this great life. And I quickly kind of realized like, mm, this, this is maybe is, you know, he has ulterior motives here, you know? Um, so I get there and it quickly turns from, you know, let me show you around to, uh, I'm going to fuck you up. You know, um, I didn't have any idea that he had every intention of getting back at me, um, for me saying no to him. I, I mean, that's the only thing I can break it down to, but he got very, very high and extremely drunk. And it couldn't have just been high because, you know, honestly, you know, marijuana makes you dumb and lazy, but it certainly doesn't do the things that we're about, I'm about to say. Um, so I don't know what shit he was into, but um, I just, I get here. Everything's fine. Like we're catching up. Everything's good. Like we're talking about old times. Everything feels happy. And then he, all of a sudden just starts with me, you know? And, um, and I, and I'm like, listen, you're really drunk. You're really high. And, you know, can we just like, can we just, I just got here, you know, like, can we take a break? Like time out here. Let's, let's chill, you know, let's, let's go grab an ice cream or I, I don't know. I'm just trying to get out of the situation because it's clearly getting serious quick. And, you know, so he tries to kind of, swoon me, you know, or swoon me, whatever, whatever word you want to say. And I'm not really buying into it. Cause I'm kind of got my radar on, you know, like I'm like, something's not right here. And, uh, so he starts trying to, uh, proceed forward with, you know, uh, I'm sure you can imagine. And I, I get angry now at this point because I'm like, no, you know, we don't let, let's not do this, you know? And he's like, that's it. That's what it's like. And that's what it's always been. It's always no with you. Uh, no one is ever good enough for you. No one is ever, uh, you know, so you're just going to hold on to your virginity, even though you're not a virgin anymore. And, um, like, I'm like, wow. You know, I, I'm like deer in the headlights. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I'm feeling really bad <laughs> about this. So I'm like, no. So he gets extremely angry and he goes, you know what? You're not going to hear. I, I don't give a shit about your no anymore. And he flips me over and, um, um, he decides that, um, he's still going to have his way with me, but it's going to be, um, in the back and um, I'm crying, hysterical, you know, please, please don't do this. Look at my face, please just look at my face, look at me. Why are you doing this to me? You know, we're friends, what are you doing? And he's, he's just gone, he's, he's not there. And, and I can't move, like I can't, I, I can't get up, I can't do anything. Um, but just cry, you know, um, it's quite humbling, you know, um, and he's saying, this is for all the times you said no, this is for all the no's that should have been yeses, 
and for not being good enough. And so he's done and I am bleeding quite much. Um, and I excuse myself and I go to another room and I call my mother again with Concard because I don't have a cell at this point. And um, I didn't tell her where I was. I, I didn't, I would never do that because she would have killed me and she would kill him. I hope she doesn't ever listen to this story. Um, so I just want to talk to her because, you know, they always said, you know, no matter what happens to you, you always have a place to come to where you're loved, you know? And um, I wasn't home, but I needed to go home, you know? So I booked my ticket and um, I flew home the next day. I didn't say another word to him because I just, he wasn't there. It wasn't him. It wasn't who he is. And I, I don't know what the fuck he was on or what he was doing, but it certainly wasn't who he is, you know? So um, he is the only person, and I have a lot of really ridiculous stories that I, I don't, you don't have enough time for, but um, he is the only, he called me up several years later and he said, um, I am so sorry. He said, I'm going through a 12 step program and I need to apologize to you for what I did. And um, I was just like, I am so proud of you. <laughs> and thank you for saying that to me because you have no idea what that means to me. And um, he, I have a lot of respect for AA after that because I just said to him, listen, I wish you the most luck with this program and please just stick with it. You know, whoever that was that day, that wasn't you. You know, I would have never trusted you enough to go and see you had I thought you were going to be who that person was. And it wasn't you. And I, I forgive you, you know. Oy, oy, oy. I'm getting deep here. And I just. It's pretty heavy stuff. Right? It is heavy stuff. I'm. And I, I feel like I was saying this to somebody who's really special to me the other day. And I was trying to say, you know what? I want to say this and I want to get it out. Um, but all of a sudden I started thinking about other things. Like and all of a sudden these memories like came into my brain. Like, you know, you file shit away inside, like, and you're just like, okay, boop, file that. Like, I don't need to think about that right now. And now that I'm getting sober, you know, um, all of this shit is coming out, you know, and I'm talking to this person and I'm just so grateful, you know, that I had that outlet. And, um, I'm remembering this other time, like, I don't mean to be my, my mean, my purpose for telling these things is because I know how hard it is to be a woman afraid you know, I never told anybody that. I never told anybody that story because I never wanted him to suffer with that. I knew he, he didn't mean it. 
And that side of me that is an empathic person knew it wasn't him. So I never told anybody ever. But I, I do know that as a woman in these days and how women are starting to become extremely empowered and, you know, I am so proud of anyone that comes forward and says things that have happened to them because it's so important, you know, like you can't heal and you can't get better until you say it out loud, you know? Well, you've just locked us away inside you all these years all by yourself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did tell my husband, but you know what? He is just not uh a sensitive person. And he just kind of wrote the story off in a way, because I think, cause he just doesn't know how to deal with it, you know? Um, but anyway, we're not even up to him yet. But um, so I'm remembering when I was talking to my friend the other day, I remembered this story of, again, me trying to help somebody, a friend of mine, you know, all of this stupid shit came from me wanting to be for the most part pure, like for the most part, all I really wanted was to be with one person for the rest of my life. And that just fucked everybody up. Like everybody just, they couldn't handle that. Like just couldn't handle the reality. So here's this other person that I, I'm remembering just the other day. Um, he calls me up and it, we're, I'm still in high school at this point. I'm a senior, I'm a senior, I think, a junior, I don't remember. And he calls me up and he, he's drunk out of his mind. And he knows that I don't drink and he knows that I'm a sensitive person and he calls me about his girlfriend. Oh my, she just broke up with me and he's crying and he's crying. You know exactly what buttons to push because obviously, you know, if you're talking to me about feelings, I'm going to listen to you. So he's drunk and he's driving around. So I'm like, you got to come here. You got to come. It's like midnight. It's late. You know? So I'm like, you got to come here, but you got to come here quietly and you got to be silent. You know, I can't let my parents know you're here. Um, so I, I, I brought him in. I took his keys and I put him in my basement, which is what we, you know, we have basements in Wisconsin because of tornadoes. Um, so it's a quiet place. You know, we can talk, whatever. So I bring him in and he, um, he starts talking to me about the girlfriend and then same thing. He just starts going crazy. You know, you know, you want it, you know, you want to do this with me. And again, he's also just freaking gone. Like I, I'm actually getting mad about it now. Like I'm hearing myself say the story and I'm just like, are you like, Ugh. so he, he's trying desperately to get his way with me, but I'm not listening. So I, this time, because he's drunk I can handle myself and I'm, I'm closing my legs as hard as I can close them. And, and I'm not letting him get anywhere near me, but it's my, everyone in my family is sleeping, you know? So I can't go out screaming unless I want this person to get, shot and killed <laughs> for gun, gun carriers. Um, so I'm being quiet, but I'm being like, I'm not letting him get in there, you know, no fucking way. No, I wasn't. So, but he is still going. He's got his pants down. He's, he's doing what he feels he needs to do to get the release that he needs to do. And, uh, and he just, he, he finishes uh, what with me just like, what is happening? Like, like again, deer in the headlights. Like, why can't I just punch you right in the face? You know? And for people that understand, like if you just, you're like paralyzed, you're like, you don't like, I was just like, all I could really focus on was just keeping my legs shut. Again, I just go away, go away from me, you know? So again, he finishes, but he doesn't like have a clue what he's fucking doing. 
So I, I take his keys and I'm like, no, I said, I'm taking you home. I can't believe I am going to take him home at this point. I should just fucking kill him is what I should do. But so I get in my car quietly, the one that's outside, obviously, if I open the garage, I'd be dead shit. And I drove him home. And the next day, I'll never forget because his car was at my house. Like I, so I uh, drove his car to his house with my best friend who she was like, she said, I never forget. She said to me, like, did you lead him on? Like, did you, did you say something that made him think like, I'm looking at her like, are you fucking serious? No, no, I didn't. If being nice to someone and listening to someone about their troubles is me being a lead on or, you know, like I'm leading him on, then fuck. Okay. Then I guess I did. I guess I did. So that kind of pissed me off. But anyway, so I go over to his house and I walk into his home because I know his mother. I know I really wanted to tell his mother, but I didn't. And um, I just, he looked like hell, you know, of course he did because he was so, he was so bombed out of his mind. He had no clue what was going on. So I just, I walked straight up to him and I just punched him as hard as I could across the face and just right in the eye. And it felt so good. Oh, it felt so freaking good. Um, but, you know, so I didn't remember that story. I had that filed away. <laughs> that came back to me, like, again, the other day, as I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to you. Um, so you're getting sober here because you're just sober right. a month now, right? You you're mean just, right now? Yes. Yeah. And you're just getting bombarded with all of these memories, all these memories. <laughs> yeah. That I'm just not, I well, really filed away, I guess. We'll know? get to this point too, where um, we'll talk about the sobriety and where you're at right now. So yeah. keep going. Okay. Well, you know, when, when things like that start to happen to you, I think you start to think, well, what, what is wrong with me? You know? And now I'm really drinking. I, I'm going back to the other, the last one, um, that one I just said was in high school and whatever, yeah. but the one that had happened the most recent after that, you know, the one in, uh, with the, the guy who I left, um, I, you say to yourself, what's wrong with me? What am I throwing out there? Like, what am I, what, you know, obviously there's a common denominator. Like if somebody's having all these problems with men and all of these people that are so mad that she said, no, like Obviously, maybe there's, I have some blame in this, you know, so I'm, I'm starting to feel like, wow, you know, and then when my friend said that, and again, I'm, I'm connecting that to what she said, like, shit, well, maybe I, maybe I am, I am a very flirtatious, affectionate person, and I am continually taken the wrong way, even on the IAS app, like, I love people. And I will tell you how much I love you. And I love you on so many different levels. Like I, I have lots of levels of love, you know, it's just who I am, it pours out of me and I can't stop it. I just can't stop it. And I don't mean I love you. Like I'm going to have a relationship with you or leave my yeah. husband. That's never going to happen, you know? Um, but people just read into shit because they're not like how I am, you know? So anyway, um, I'm trying to remember where the hell I need to go from here. So um, you're, you, um, you left that guy, um, you went back to your parents, right? You flew back to your parents? Um, you know what? I didn't. I, my parents, well, my parents didn't live in Orlando yet, but I left that trip 
and went back to my internship. And then I poured myself into that. So the the way that I always deal with my pain is always emotionally. Like I dive into another boy, another relationship, because apparently that's how I medicate um, in addition to that. So I go back to the internship program and this time I'm a manager, like I'm taking care of other people. I'm not an intern anymore. I'm actually, I'm actually their employee. I, I stayed in Orlando. They hired me to stay. So now I'm, I'm training other people and we have people from, I remember I was training Argentinians, Colombians, Venezuelans, um, you name it. I, I speak fluent Spanish. So I, was training them in our like rules so that they understood in their own language, like what was okay and what was not okay. Um, so I fall in love with an Argentinian boy. And um, again, I'm, I, w- I actually, I was, I, I tried really hard not to, like I didn't want to, like, I was like, I don't want to do this because you're leaving and I'm tired of the long distance bullshit, you know? So I tried not to, but you know, feelings always take over. And um, so when he was done with his internship, which I think they were like three months long, uh, we decided to stay together, you know, God, here we go again. So I go and stay with him in Argentina. I live with him for a couple of months, um, really kicked up my Spanish skills then. Um, And then we decided to like travel all over and just meet the friends that we had on our internship, you know? So we went to Ireland and Northern Ireland and England and France and Spain and Switzerland and you name it, we went and we had such a good time. Like we just went and saw all of our friends stayed for free and just traveled the world. It was um, amazing. I think I was- So you're in your twenties right here, right? I'm in my twenties. Like I'm, I think when I, we we dated for like three years and I was 26 when, when we broke up. We, we, when we went traveling all over, we went to go see all of our friends and whatnot. And then I left him in Mallorca in Spain. He wanted very much to have a bar in Mallorca and he had dual citizenship because his mother or his grandmother was uh, from Sicily. So he had dual citizenship from Argentina and it's very common for Argentinians to have Spanish um, influence. So um, a lot of them have dual citizenship. So he could live anywhere in Europe that he wanted. So he wanted to stay in Mallorca, which is absolutely gorgeous, charming, beautiful, lovely, and have a bar and just live there the rest of his days. And he was very much hoping that I would agree to this. Um, and as much as I loved him, and I, you know, that <laughs> was not going to be enough for me. Like, I am a family person. Like, I need my parents. I need my, I want to have kids. Like, I don't want to sit here and have a bar. You know, he still, he still has the same bar to this day. Like I talked to him off and on and still not married, still can't commit, still doesn't want kids. Like, holy shit. Like, I'm so glad I got out of that (laughs) Um, because I, you know, you love who you love and you can't help it, you know? And, you know, I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, but they just deny it. But when you fall in love with someone, you just, it's for life. You know, like I file it somewhere in there and it's just, it's forever. So I, and again, I have a lot of love. I can store a lot of love. I'm, I'm all set, but you know, we broke up cause we just wanted different things, you know? And um, so that's how my husband's eventually going to come into this mix because. So you flew back to Orlando from there. Yep. Yep. And let's I just, take a break right there. And uh, we're going to come back with you going back to Orlando. <laughs> All right. So I go back to Orlando 
And uh, I'm working for a convention company, which is who I still work for today. I started working for them in the year 2000. So it's easy for me to calculate my years. <laughs> um, 21 years uh, right now. And Congratulations. Just- That's yeah. a long freaking time. Damn. It is. It is. I got furloughed during the, um, during the pandemic, but I go back next week. And I'm scared because I haven't worked my 80 hours in a really long time. So and you're going back sober. I'm going back sober. Yes. And I'm excited. I am excited. Um, it's a whole new me. I'm, I'm thrilled. So I, um, I work for this company and we do conventions and trade shows and, uh, I meet my husband. I'm just going to go straight to there. Um, we meet in the business that we're in. He works for a similar company. Um, but not the same one as mine. So we work together hand in hand at conventions. And, um, and so that's, again, that's how we met. So 9-11 happens and obviously hardest day for everybody, um, especially Americans, um, the worst day in history for so many. And uh, we're working a show and this person that I knew pretty well, I knew him, I had known of him and he just skips ahead of everybody. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, chill. You know, everybody's upset. Everybody like we, we, we knew what was going on, but you know, they had wheeled camera or televisions in so we could see what was going on. We were doing a show with exclusively New Yorkers and they were all panicked. I mean, they all wanted to get home. They all knew someone that was there. They all, you know, everyone was like freaking out. So I said to him, listen, you know, I know you, what do you need? So I, he told me, oh my gosh, my sisters work in the towers. My brother-in-law works there. I was like, I got to get home. I got to leave. I'm, I got to leave right now. Can you please help me? And he gave me instructions as to what I needed to do. And at that moment, I just, I stopped and I reached over the desk and I hugged him. And I said, I am saying a prayer right now over you and over your family. And I pray that you will be okay and that everyone will be okay. And, you know, I'll just, I'm praying for you and I will continue to pray for you. And, uh, and then he left and then I fixed it and I got him out where he needed to be. And then I didn't hear from him until like a year later. And, um, so he, so I'm, it's not for not lack of looking for him. Like every day from that point on, like he just made it so real for me, you know? And I was like looking around, like, is he here? Like, is he, is he working today? Like for, for almost a year, I think we met up again, August. So it was almost a year. And when I finally saw him again, it was like, Oh my God, there you are. Like, uh, what happened? Like, tell me what happened. Like what, you know, did your sisters get out? Like, what was, what happened? And so he's like, yeah, both my sisters got out. One of them was late to work. So she, saw it happen and didn't go in. And the other one got out from a really high floor and my brother-in-law got out and he was safe. And he goes, but I do have one thing. And I was like, what? And he's like, I lost my brother. And I'm like, oh no. I said, really? And he's like, yeah, I wasn't thinking about him to be honest with you. Like it just didn't even occur to me. Like, cause he works in midtown Manhattan, you know, like Broadway. And I was never thinking that he was going downtown. Cause that's where that's where the, it was, was downtown that that happened. And that was nowhere near his jurisdiction. Um, but he had gotten, he had been getting off his shift. And, and they he all, was a, he was a firefighter. He was a fireman. Yeah. Engine 54. And uh, he was getting off his shift and they all just said, uh-uh, we're going, we're headed downtown. We're doing this. And uh, so he headed to the scene. And um, so anyway, he, he told me that. And I was just like, so like, 
I felt such a powerful feeling at that moment of him telling me that like something just came over me. You know, I don't know the empathic side of me or whatever, but I just, it was intense. And I was like, I have to keep talking to you. I'm like, can we go to dinner or can we like meet up? Was I, I, I want to know what's happening, but I got to keep working and you got to keep working. And so let's go to dinner. So he comes and picks me up. Um, he comes and picks me up for our date or I mean, meeting or whatever. And um, so he, I get in the car and he, I'll never forget. Cause he looks over at me and he's like, so I'm divorced. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's like, and I have two kids surprise. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, okay, well, all right. Um, so, I mean, so you're divorced. Okay. All right. Well, I've never been married. Um, and I'm a pretty straightforward person, you know, like uh, as straightforward as you get. So I'm like, well, you know, so what happened there? You know, why, why we haven't even pulled out of the driveway. <laughs> I'm like, so what happened? Like, why did you get divorced? And he's like, well, we were 18, you know, we got pregnant. I, I really wanted to do the right thing. I love my son. So, you know, I just, I did the right thing. And I'm, but it just, obviously it didn't work out. We're not in love and, you know, so I was like, okay, well, that's a good answer. I was like, well, you know, so are you like tainted on marriage or you're like, are you, would you get married again? <laughs> He's like looking at me like, hello, like this lady's crazy, but you know, I'm 26 years old. I'm not wasting any more time. And I'm sick to death of getting no's and, and not falling in love when I, the only thing I ever really wanted in life was to be a mom and to be a wife to somebody that was special. I, I went to school for my parents. I, I didn't give a shit about a job. I, I just wanted to be a mom <laughs> and a wife. And so I was done with waiting. So I was like, you know, okay. So he's like, yeah, I'll get married. I would get married again, you know, if I met the right person. And I was like, so two kids. I said, how old are they? He's like eight and five. I'm like, okay, well, it's young enough, you know, so they're not too tainted. You know, they won't gonna hate me too much. Um, so I'm like, so you have two kids. Um, I don't have any. Um, but so do you think like you'd want more? <laughs> we still haven't pulled out of the driveway. You he's guys like, are just getting in the freaking car. Yeah. He's like, who, who freaking asks this question? I mean, what an asshole who does that on first date. But again, I'm very straightforward. I'm not wasting my time again. I'm not, I'm not even looking for anything. I'm, I'm Hold still, it. was this a date? This was a date. I mean, we wanted to talk about the incident, 9-11, you know? Yeah. But you, you okay. know, you got that. All right. You get the feeling, you know, you know, there, there's a spark there, you know. So, so did you ask him out or yeah, you asked I him asked out, him. didn't you? Yeah, I said, we're not done talking, so we're going to go out. Right. And and I usually do that and then on a first date or something. I'm like, are you going to kiss me or what's happening? Because like, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm just very straightforward. Um. So so he's like, yeah, I, you know, I've come from a family of 11 or 12, really. And I said, you know, so I guess I'd have more kids. And I'm like all right. So where do you want to eat? <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> so, um, so we head out and we have a good time and, you know, for the most part, I just never look back from there. He's like, I I'm getting out of a divorce. I, you know, it became final a few months ago. And, um, so I'm not looking for anything serious. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Cause I have to be honest, I'm still in love with somebody else that just, you know, I just left in another country and I, <laughs> so I'm trying to get over that. So I'm not looking for anything either. And so whenever you say that, you know, whew, watch out because love's coming, you know? So, um, so we, we just, I just never look back from that point on. And I remember the first anniversary of 9-11, um, we celebrated it together. Uh, we were together. So again, we met, 
most intentionally on 9-11 and then the first anniversary we were um we were together actually it was the night before i think he flew home for his to be with his family but the night before i remember saying to him for the first time that i that i loved him and um it was you know i i've always had this very strong feeling of his brother being with us um now that I look back, even on the 9-11 day, we didn't know anything about him, but just the feelings that I had were so intense. Um, obviously, I related it to 9-11 in general. But then when they came again on the anniversary and just, you know, in general, just the feeling of like, I just felt his brother there. I felt very, very much like he was there and he was wanting me to, um, and I'm probably reading into this, but wanting me to protect his brother. I mean, he was going through a really hard time when 9-11 happened, like they were already like having troubles in their marriage, him and his ex. Um, so I think in my mind, I felt like his brother was saying, you know, just take care of my brother for me. And, and that's what I was hearing in my head. So, you know, I just, I go with my feelings um, in those moments. So I made a promise to him who I felt was my spirit guide that I would take care of him and I would pour into him like I always do um, and that I would help his nephews who were really strong. I mean, the, the divorce that he had was volatile. I mean, it's, a, I don't think any divorce is good, but what they were going through was, was awful. And I remember saying to myself, I can't see this wonderful person, this great guy just suffer like this, like the, the custody battles and the, you know, just, just the pain that the kids, you know, would go through. I mean, we waited a long time before I met the kids, but just hearing about, you know, them and just, so I made it my mission. Like I, I just, I never turned back from it. I never even second guessed it. It was like, that's it. I'm in, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, I didn't think about, do I want this? Do I need this? You know, no. So when she found out about me, it was like, not, not good. Um, obviously they had been finalized divorce. I had nothing to do with their separation, but um, I think when you realize when you've lost something, you got go kind of crazy, you know? Well, yeah, that's um, pretty much what happened. And it was a mess. And for me to be this really sensitive, like loving I, I don't have any problem expressing myself that way because I am, I'm very loving. I'm very intentionally loving and caring and giving, and I will always be nice to you. And as mean as you are to me, I will be that much nicer back because it's just how I am. So when she would come at me, I would just, I would deflect it and I would just be nice back. And it made her so crazy. I wasn't trying to make her crazier, but I did. Like she was just like, <laughs> she couldn't like, she would get so angry. Um, she was looking for a cat fight and you weren't fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And she's from New York. I mean, she's, she's a Staten Islander. She, she, there's a lot of, you know, some very colorful shit getting thrown around. And I had a very nice mouth until <laughs> so recently, um, all the years of being, you know, tarnished. No, I'm just kidding. I always had a potty mouth, but, um, okay. So when she realized that I was, um, going to be around for a while, she just, um, she went crazy and um, everything that was already volatile turned even worse, you know, but here's the thing. Like I understand people, even people I don't like, I understand them on a level that is just unintelligible to me. Like, honestly, like I, 
I, I knew how terrible it would have been to not only see the first person I ever loved, which was my husband, to be with another woman and then to give my kids up three days a week to some other woman. Like, I, I would be a mess too, you know? Like, I would be, I, that would tear me up. So I, I, I understood that. And I was very sensitive and very, you know, so I would write her letters, like literally letters. I would write and say, you know, I remember her being like, yeah, she said to my husband, oh, your little girlfriend sent me a few love letters. You can tell her to go shove them up her ass, you know? <laughs> but I mean, you know what? She said that, but deep down, I knew that what I was saying was getting across to her. You know, it was soaking in. She didn't want it to, but she knew who I was and she knew where I was coming from. And there was no question as to what my intentions were. And they were always about the kids. You know, I want the kids to be happy. I want them to understand that like, this is a hard situation, but not only do they now have, you know, she eventually moved on and found somebody, thank God. Cause he was like our dream come true. He was a, a wonderful person that just changed the dynamic completely. Um, but you know, now my goal was always, you know, now we don't have, two parents that love you, but you have four that love you and will do anything for you. And I mean, I, I, that's, I just, that's all I did. Like, I just wanted them to be happy and I just did everything I could for them. And every time she would, you know, try to say, you would have nothing if it wasn't for me, your father, you know, if, if you had, if he had custody of you, you wouldn't go to baseball. You wouldn't go to, you would have nothing, you know, like she would always go crazy. And so I was, I'm curious though, yeah. were you, were you still drinking during this time too? Oh yeah. I was majorly self-medicating at this point because, you know, I, but, but I mean, when I say that, I still mean it was still the two glasses of wine at night. And that was my comfort zone. You know, like the kids would come in and I would do what I needed to do. And I'm sure that there were times where I'm sure more than two glasses came into play, especially if she was coming over because like we, 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 we agreed on dual parenting and we meant it. Like, I, we weren't even engaged at this point. It took a, him a long time to commit to me. And I was kind of like, um, I'm doing all of this and I'm dealing with her and I'm loving your kids. And are you going to be in this forever? Cause I'm not really sure. Uh, I can, like if I turn 30 and I'm not engaged to you, I'm going to freak out. So I'm just letting you know in advance, if you have any intentions of marrying me, it better happen before then. So Anyway, because I mean, I just felt like I was giving up so much, you know, and I didn't have any baggage at all other than just my brain and my need to drink wine every night, you know. Um, but I just, you know what, I just really, I wanted him to experience a woman that loved him and cared for him and took and cooked for him and spoiled him. And, you know, I just, I found so much joy in making him realize that life didn't have to be miserable like it was for him. And, and that just motivated me. So always what motivates me is making other people happy. So I'd make them happy. And then I would, you know, my favorite thing in the world was coming home and just cooking dinner, turning up Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin, and just, I'd be cooking an appetizer and then I'd be drinking favorite. Oh, I, I actually miss it. I, I, I hate to say it, but I do. So I would turn on the music and I'd make the appetizer and I'm still drinking. And then I'd make the dinner and he'd come in and we would just, you know, it was just, it was just good, you know, um, then we'd have dessert and then we, you know, like I'm just a giver, I'm a lover. And I just, I love loving and I love spoiling and it's just, it's just what I do. Um, but we would get to the point where when we would go out 
with her, I would be hiding, you know, those little wine bottles everywhere. Like I would be like, now I wasn't just having two a night. I wasn't having too much. I wasn't getting hammered. Again, my, my kids have never, my kids aren't even in the story yet, <laughs> but my kids have never seen me drunk. Even to this day, they've never seen me drunk because I just, I don't let myself do that uh, in front of them. Um, and neither did my other kids, you know, his kids. I, I just, I never let them see that. I think the only time I ever got really out of hand was Halloween because my birthday is November 1st, um, All Saints Day. Um, <laughs> so Halloween was always a super fun night. Like at midnight on Halloween, it's my birthday. So, you know, like I usually go too far <laughs> on Halloween, um, but they're all excited about the candy. They don't, they didn't notice. Um, so um, we would go, I mean, we saw, I saw her more than I saw my own family. You know, we would do Christmases together so that we could see the boys open presents. So we would do, you know, every, I might've seen her three, four times a week because we would do baseball practice, baseball games, baseball tournaments. So um, you were hiding a lot of little bottles of wine. Yes, I was. Yes. And nobody knew. Not even my husband knew. I mean, sometimes he'd be like, are you drinking? And I'd be like, no. And then I felt so bad because I just don't lie very good. So I was like, oh. sometimes he'd be like, let me smell your breath. I'm like, no. <laughs> So no. you're hiding, you're hiding. At, at I'm hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it has to do with, because I feel like an asshole, you know, here I am the sensitive, loving person who is made to feel like an asshole all the time. And the boys were really good to me. You know, like they, I didn't really have any problems with them. They, we, we got on very well. And, and my husband never, he never had me reprimand them or anything like that. So but you guys I, aren't married yet either. We're not, we're not. Um, we're, but we, I think it was, we got together in 2002 so then um, we got married in 2006 and we were engaged for a year. So we got engaged in 2005. So it really is, it wasn't that long, but to me, it felt forever because I was being a mom and being a, being this crazy woman that was stealing someone's kids, you know, or ma made to feel like an asshole everywhere I went, I felt like an asshole, you know, and I don't like to feel like that. And I hate conflict when, when someone doesn't like me, like her, and she's very openly, you know, mean about it, you know, that, that kills me slowly through time. So. Still up to that point. She was. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I mean, I remember she, when she got, she got pregnant. I mean, when I say that we were kind, I, I mean it like she got pregnant. She got, we both got married at the same time, uh, like a month apart. Like we got engaged. She got engaged. We were getting, we set a date. She set a date. Like she was pregnant. She, she said she was going to have a honeymoon baby. And boy, did she, she did just like she said. And I had a hard time getting pregnant. So whatever. But, um, so she was, she was almost due and her electricity went out. She had no air conditioning and it was like really hot. So I, I said to my husband, she's coming in or moving her in. I, I, I can't do this. I can't see her suffer. So I move her and him and the boys into our home, into our guest room. And we let her stay there. <laughs> and I rubbed her back, even though she's uh it just it feels good to give even if somebody hates me you know like i it's see just, that rags i see that just is how it is i don't know i just have to be me you know i have so a sign with up. them in your house were you still drinking oh yeah and and in front of her too like i i we, we would we would open up a bottle of wine and we would share it you know like i wasn't hiding it although i probably was drink like people would walk away and i like especially my husband and i would just drink some of 
some of his <laughs> because then he thought he had drank too much. And so I was like, oh, I only had two, you know? And so he'd be like, what? You know, <laughs> slowly but surely he kind of was catching on to my, my jam. Um, but yeah, I was definitely, you know, sneaking. So, you know, once we got married though, like once we got engaged, like I, I stopped with the crazy drinking for a while because I kind of felt like I had what I wanted. Like I, I always wanted to be married. That was my, that was all I wanted again. I, I know I said that and I just, I wanted kids and he knew that that was coming because I was like, we're married. So now he goes, that's why I postponed it for so long. Cause I knew as soon as we got married, that's the next thing you were going to say to me. And I'm like, you know, don't, don't steal my joy. You know, like I just, I love your kids and they're amazing, but I also just want a few of my own, you know, can we just, we just, he's like, we'll start with one and we'll see how it goes. And I'm like, oh, let's kill. You know, I always remind him of the first date. And I said, you said you'd have more. And you said you more like plural, <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, I think when I finally did get uh, pregnant for lack of a better way of saying it, I felt like, like it was kind of like been there, done that. Like I really felt like so let down, you know, like I had waited for this. I wanted this so badly. And it just, it just hurt me because I, you know, he just wasn't as excited as I was, you know? And um, anyway, so I don't think much of our life changed past that. Now, the one thing I can say is that once we had kids, which oh, I, I would die if I didn't have my children, if I didn't have my children, I, I just as soon as be done because they are my world. Uh, and they always will be. And, um, but before when, when it was just his kids, I could always just say to him when something was wrong, he would always say, Oh, well, she's did this. And you know, it's her fault that they do this and that and whatever. And I always like stopped and be like, no, 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 you're not going to talk about her that way. That's the mother of your children. You're not going to disrespect her. And I meant that. And I, and, and the same thing with her, like she'd talk bad about him and I'd be like, ah, time out. No, these kids love you both, you know? And I was, again, the peacemaker, always trying to stand in the middle and be like, you know what? I know your mom says that your dad wouldn't be, isn't at your game again because he doesn't care. But let me tell you what, your dad isn't at your game today because he loves you and he's working 80 hours a week trying to keep food on the table and, and give you everything that you need. And you know what? That's a different kind of love. And it's, but it's, it's no less important. And so I just spent every ounce of my energy every day, all the time, just trying to make them realize how lucky they were, you know, and that their parents both loved them and that they were humans and they were making mistakes. And sometimes people, when they're angry, they say things they don't mean. You're just a peacemaker everywhere. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> I guess you just got to be who you are, you know? And um, even though I'm drinking all the time at this point, I, I am just being who I am. So, um, but what I, my point was, is that when, when it was their kids, I could always just say, well, that's on you guys, you know? Uh, I'm just here to help, you know, but now he was coming at me. Like whenever something's wrong with the kids, it's always my fault. It's always my fault because he doesn't really, he doesn't take, I love him dearly. And, and we have a pretty equal relationship as far as certain things go, like around the house, we both work, you know, we, we divide things up pretty well, but you know, you marry your other half, you know, and he is my other half. Like he is the side of me that I am not. And it's, the, it's so annoying. And I'm sure that a lot of people find that, you know, but he just doesn't, 
he, he doesn't really participate in the things that involve them. Like he's the ruler, you know, like he says what needs to happen, but it all falls down on me. Like I, I do everything. I take them everywhere. I, so when something is wrong, it's my fault. When they don't sleep in their own beds or they still can't tie their shoe or whatever the fuck the problem is, it's me, you know? And before I could say, oh, well, that's on you guys, you know? And now, now I'm drinking because I can't, I can't make them happy. You know, like nothing I do is right. And, and for somebody who, again, going back to when my parents used to be, you're the best, you're wonderful, you're special, you're so, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not getting any of that. You know, I'm getting you suck. You know, you're the worst. I hate this about you. That, you know, like, and I'm not getting any anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm just feeling like shit all the time. I'm feeling like nothing I do is right. But you know what? I, I put my heart into everything and I try my hardest to be, everything that they need. So when something goes wrong, I take that shit personally, you know, like when they're not getting a good grade or something like I I'm really taking, I'm already taking it personally for myself. And I certainly don't need to hear from him how, what a bad job I'm doing, you know, like all I just want him to say, and, and even through this whole sobriety thing, like he, he, he would see me drinking and, you know, I didn't really touch on my parents at all. Um, but my pa- I never saw my parents drink. I mean, drunk. I saw them drink. They always had alcohol in the house, um, but they were never drunks, you know, but they do have an issue as do I, you know, and they, they drink to medicate their problems. You know, they grew up in the time frame of, you know, a happy hour every day after work, they would have a drink and they'd play cards and they, and they still do. Although right now I think they're on a hiatus because I've inspired them, which is great. Um, yeah yeah made me very happy but um but that's how they were and that's what i became i became someone that wanted to do it every day but didn't necessarily do it to excess i mean i see the switch in my mom like i'll see my mom with my kids and i will have a couple of drinks or this is before i wasn't drinking and i will see the switch from totally fine to way too much and she just changes, you know, and it, it's just, she's a kind of a different bird. You know, she gets forgetful. She repeats herself and um, she kind of slurs words a little bit. And that's me. And that's what I turned into. And my husband would say to me, do you, you know how you feel right about how that looks and how that seems to you and that you don't really like how that looks and feels. Well, that's what you're becoming. So I think you need to stop. And he very nicely said that to me a couple of years ago. You know, like, hey, you know, I used to not mind when you drank, you know, because honestly speaking, I'm a pretty happy person. I am very happy. And when I drink, I'm really happy. Like, I'm not well, a mean drunk. I get like. You've happy. had your kids by now. I've had my kids. Yep. And, and everything um, wrong is on, Yeah. So you've taken on all, anything that goes wrong is your fault. Mm-hmm. You're drinking because of this. Yep. So now here you are. Um later on and he's starting to tell you that you have a problem right and you're and you're he's comparing you to your to your mom yeah absolutely and this was a this was a couple years ago this i would say probably started um probably right after my uh second son was born um because you know when you when you get pregnant and you give up drinking all that time and then i was breastfeeding um my son was in the NICU really we almost lost him 
And it was a really scary time for me. And, and the only way that we could get him to leave the hospital was if I could breastfeed him and, and get him. He had a condition called laryngomalacia. And it was like a, his larynx was blocked by tissues. And if he got sick, they would have closed his throat up. So they needed, and he wouldn't be able to breathe. So they needed him to um, grow that space and the only, and to fight off infection. So the only way to fight off infection was the breast milk. Um, so I, I, I breastfed for, you know, for the whole pregnancy, I wasn't drinking and then I breastfed. So that was a long time of not drinking. So women, I think typically will say, oh, well, I don't have a problem because I quit, you know, during right. that time. Right. And, and you really feel like, oh yeah, but, but you know what? But I had a motivation. I had, my motivation was the, the safety and the healthy, you know, baby boy that I was holding, you know, it wasn't about me when it's about me. I can, you know, I, I can't. Is this your first <laughs> child? No, that's my second child. That's your second child. My second. Yeah. So um, right now they are. So you quit yeah. drinking for every child too. Yeah. For both of those two. Mm -hmm. And so, and you, you really realize how, again, you think that you don't have a problem because you, you've quit and you've right. been successful, you know? Um, but I always feel like throughout the course of this time that I'm always very guided by his brother. You know, I still feel like whenever I'm sad or whenever I'm upset or even when I'm angry at my husband, I will talk to Lenny. I will, I will intentionally speak to him and I see 54 everywhere. I, and when I'm thinking about him, I'll hear the, the engine go off in our wedding day. I'll never mm -hmm. forget it. As long as I live, we're in the middle of the church and we're about to say our vows and the lights go off completely off in the church and on again. And I'm like, wow, that's too cool. You know? And then we come out of the church and across the street is a firehouse and the fire engines go down the road at the time that we come out. So like, like, check this out two times just now when you went to say that you hear the, the fire truck, yeah. right? When you said that your voice went digital. Really? The, yeah, on my end. It gives me the chills right now. So that, because you're going to hear this back. So then you just said it again when you went to say it again. And I'm going to double check this because I get, I'm getting chills. Because when you went to say the fire truck is going again, there was another like digital pause. So we'll, we'll go ahead. Let's finish this thought and then we'll take a break. Go ahead. Okay. So I, I always feel like he's, he's with me. He is always with me. And I, I'm so... I'd never want to let him down again. I've, pro I've made a commitment to him. Like when I was saying I do in the church, <laughs> I was saying, I, I love you for richer, for poor, better, for worse. Um, and I was saying it to God and to my husband, but <laughs> I feel like I was also saying it to him, you know, like, cause I, I promised you I would be here for him and I meant it, you know? So um, I, I remember when I first met the family, in Staten Island, the, the biggest thing that they can do is they go to the shore every summer. And um, here I am, this is Wisconsin, a naive, sweet girl, <laughs> sort of, um, it's with all these New Yorkers and they're all playing drinking games and whatever. And I'm like, I'm just, again, not interested. So I took a walk on the beach and I'll never forget it as long as I live because it was such a beautiful moment for me. And the rain was coming down and it was a little bit thunder out there, which I probably should have been by the water, but whatever. So I walked and I walked and I walked and I walked forever. And I just very much had an complete intentional conversation with him. Like we were talking, like I am with you now, like in my mind, I'm talking to him. This is before we got engaged. And, um, and I, I walked so far and finally I just stopped talking and I looked and it was like the last pier 
before the boardwalk where all the rides are and everything. And it, it had been miles away. And I just looked at that picture and it was sunset, just like in, in my brain, I like took a picture of that, right? So I get home from that holiday and I'm feeling like so moved by this moment that I had with him. And um, I get home and someone had bought me a calendar, just a general calendar. And uh, I opened the calendar and on the page is the same exact spot that I stopped. It's the same pier, the last pier before all the rides and it's, it's sunset. And wow. I'm like, Whoa. No. Yeah, exactly. And if I ever had any doubt that he was there. Uh, yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, Lenny's definitely around. Yeah, I, I, I feel that very intentionally. So, you know, it's important Let's, for me to share that, you know, and that is badass. Thank you for sharing that, too. Let's take a break real quick and then we'll come back. See you in a minute. OK, we're back, Rags, and you're going to bring us up kind of up to date to where you jumped into, you found, well, tell us how you found IAS. What happened? Brought you there. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll start, we'll start with that. Um, but before I, before I get there, let me, um, I'm trying to think of how I eventually got to saying that I need to find something. Um, yes. I was drinking, I was obviously drinking more now and I was really hiding it because my husband had mentioned to me, Hey, you know, I don't like when you drink. So, you know, he's starting to turn into forgetful, person and whatever. So, um, so I started to hide it now even more because now he was watching me, you know, and now he said, you're going to just drink on the weekends or you're going to drink when I drink, or you're going to drink on holidays. And I, you know, I kind of looked at him like, um, yeah, no, you're, you're not going to tell me when I'm going to drink. Like, don't, it just, it infuriated me because again, I feel like I'm doing everything um, he feels like he does everything. I, he'll be the first to tell you that, but I, I'm going to go with no, <laughs> not a chance in hell. Um, so I feel like I'm doing everything I can do to keep everybody happy all the time. And that's all I have is the wine at that point. So I, I'm getting very angry because I'm, <laughs> I'm being like, listen, I, 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 I'm never, the kids are never late to school. I I've never missed work. I haven't, I don't drunk, drink and drink and drive. I don't, you know, like, come on, like, this isn't a major issue. I'm sick of you telling me what I'm going to do and not do. And, and it started to just become attention, you know? So I would avoid the conflict because again, I don't like conflict. So even though I knew that it was wrong, I was, I was definitely hiding. And now I was getting into vodka and rum and whatever else I could find, because if there wasn't wine in the house, I was just drinking whatever, you know? So I would go out and I would save my money, like pennies, dimes. I, cause I do all the laundry. So whatever money I find, I always joke with them that it's mine now because you didn't take it out of your pocket. Um, so my, take wife, that. my wife does that too, by the way. <laughs> Good job, Jamie. Good job. Um, so, um, so I would take that money though, and I would pay cash for my vodka or my rum because I knew that he wouldn't know them that I went to the liquor store, you know? So I, and I was taking like, you know, the little, whatever those things are, those little, whatever you can pour, you know, you can pour more in one bottle into the other bottle. I can't think of the word. Um, so anyway, so I was pouring them, making sure that if he looked like they were full, like it wasn't me. A funnel. You had a funnel. funnel. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I was thinking siphon, which is definitely not the right word. So, um, so yeah, I was refilling the, the rum and the vodka when he was gone. So he didn't, if he went to go look, cause a lot of times he'd be like, you're drinking. And I'm like, no, he'd be like, yeah, you're drinking. I know you. 
And and I'd be like, no. So he'd go look at the bottles and then he'd be like, oh, well, I guess she's not drinking. You know, not thinking that I'm that vindictive that I'm going to refill them, you know. Um, and I'm storing, wine, you know, boxes of wine in my closet, in my, you know, wherever he's not going to look. And, um, and I'm just, I'm having a moment and then I'm just going to have a shot and then come back, you know, because I, again, when I drink, I'm just such a happy person. I get very happy. Like you can immediately tell usually for him that I've had some because I'm like, woo, you know, like, let's go. Let's, you know, like, and that's, and it started to, I started to get bad because I'd have a trouble with the kids or something would happen. And I'd be like, I need to have a shot because then I'll, I'll feel better. And then I'll be like in a really good mood. And then I'm like the cool mom that they love. And so then, you know, I started to rely on that to get through a crabby moment that I was having so that they would remember that I was cool and I was happy. And, you know, this is the mom that's, you know, having way more fun than the boring old one that doesn't drink, you know? So, um, so the hiding is, is definitely happening a lot more. And, um, and I'm, and I'm fostering a lot of resentment because again, he's telling me what I'm going to do. And I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't even like that 2%. So, um, I'm getting, I'm getting kind of angry. And then when he tells me, let me smell your breath or whatever, I'm, I'm getting furious because I'm just like, I'm not a baby. I'm not a kid. Like I would, there were many times though, that I would drink and he had no idea, like he didn't question it. And so I, so those days and those nights I'd be like, ha ha ha, you know, uh, I tricked you. You didn't know I was drinking. See, you can't tell, you can't tell, you know, and my kids never knew. So I started to think like my kids started to get on my back about it. Like, because they would see that he would get mad at me. So they'd be like, mom, don't drink because you know, you're drinking too much. And I'm like, yeah, because they're hearing him say it. So now they're saying it. And that pissed me off, you know, a lot. So, so, okay, so now COVID happens. Let's just jump into that. COVID is coming. It's March, I think. And um, it's just about to hit. And I know, oh, shit, I'm going to have to stock up here because how am I ever going to have enough? If the, if the stores close, I, how am I going to get wine? Like, I'm panicking. So I'm we're already like not going out. And, and if we are going out, it's, you know, a mask and gloves and spray. Like we would like, it was cause we didn't know what to expect at that point. At the beginning, like nobody really knew how serious it was. And we thought if we just like, we're anywhere near it, like we're, we're bringing it home, you know? So he says, and that's, to me, that's why everybody stole all the, or bought all the toilet paper. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, people went nuts, you know, they're still going nuts. I'm so excited that I see like, disinfectant on the shelves again it's like christmas day right so sorry i just had to say that no <laughs> so cute you're cute so um so i'm i know i gotta stock up and i know i gotta be careful and he says to me you need to go get my medicine because they're gonna close the stores and um i'm doing something else so please go don't go inside he's very specific with me you do not go inside wait in the line on the outside and don't go in but i'm like but i really was like no don't go. I'm like, Jesus, you know, like I, a lot of times I, you know, I'm just so tired of being told what to do. Like I, I'm a peacemaker. I want to keep the peace, but stop telling me what to do, you know? Um, so, so I go and I'm sitting in the line and I'm thinking about all of the wine that I could be purchasing and storing and our, like our CVS, they, they, um, they sell wine there. They don't sell liquor, but they sell wine. So, um, so I'm thinking I can get that. And then I'm thinking I need to get the Easter stuff because if I don't get the Easter stuff and they close the stores, like, how am I going to get 
uh, how am I going to make the kids baskets? And I'm so sick and tired of COVID taking everything from, you know, from everyone. So I was like, I'm going to go in. I just, I, I need to go in. I need to go in. So I went in and I shouldn't have, but I did. I told, and I, and I, w- I planned on telling him that the line was too long. It was long, but it wasn't too long. You know, I was kind of lying. Um, that, and that's why I went in, but I went, I did what I needed to do. I bought a ton of, you know, wine and, and I did the Easter basket stuff, but I was totally careful. I sprayed everything with the disinfectant in the bag, outside the bag. Like I, I even like, I swear I put disinfectant in my mouth. Like I was so concerned at that point that I was going to bring something home and out of my own selfishness too, that I just, I was, so I get to my house I'm skipping ahead because it's just, I'm talking out of my ass. So, um, I get to the house and I open the door and I run upstairs as fast as I can. And he's, he's yelling at me, wait, wait, I need to spray you. Like he was like, gotta spray me down, you know, or take my clothes off because, you know, we, we were so worried that we would have it on our clothes. And then, you know, and he takes, um, he has a very severe version of, um, psoriatic arthritis. Like he is so, he has so much pain all the time. And I always have a lot of sympathy for that. And I'm always rubbing him and, you know, rubbing out every, every problem that he has. And we, we've been to hospital visit upon hospital visit of, you know, and I've always just been right there by his side, you know, um, even when I'm angry, but regardless, that was what I, that's the medicine that I was supposed to go for. So, he, but because of that medicine, his immune system is really, uh, weak at risk. Yeah. So, I knew that he was the one that we had to worry about the most. So he's, he's screaming at me and I ran upstairs and I hid the alcohol as quick as I could in the, in a bathroom or somewhere. And, um, and the Easter stuff even too, cause I, I, but I knew I was caught. Like I knew that I was caught. And so he's screaming at me, you know, what did you fucking do? You know, like you went in, you went in, I knew it. I knew it. And he is so angry at me. He doesn't even know about the alcohol at this point. He just knows that I stopped for the Easter stuff. Um, he goes, you stopped for Easter stuff and you put our fucking lives at risk. He goes, I fucking hate you. I never want to fucking see you again. Pack your, get, pack your bags and get the fuck out of my life forever. I'm done with you. And I was like, um, wow you know our kids are there like i'm i'm mortified like i'm like i'm sorry wait so you're gonna divorce me because i wanted to get easter handled for our children you know what like he's like no you put my life at risk i told you what the fuck to do and just like usual you don't fucking listen so get the fuck out i don't want to fucking look at you i don't want to talk to you it's over Again, he's repeating himself. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I've already told you that, you know, if you're unhappy, I've always said the same thing. Nail me to a wall, I'll nail you to a wall, but we're going to work this out and we're going to make it work. I'm not going anywhere. So you're not going to force me to leave. I'm not leaving. And, um, but I'm getting really emotional at this point too, because I'm, the guilt is like setting in and I'm feeling like the worst person on the planet, you know, I'm putting my kids, you know, at risk and him at risk and what a horrible person I am. Like, I just, I'm drowning in my own guilt. And, did, and you know, what's the alcohol, the 
I mean, that's what I'm feeling the most guilt about. Yeah. I mean, I, I did I go in for the Easter decorations? Sure, I did. I mean, I wanted them to have Easter. You know, I didn't want to. Well, I guess that's what I'm asking you. Are, are you is the alcohol like. Like I asked this with everybody, was you waking up doing the 3 a.m., waking up um, with all the remorse, the guilt, the shame, all that bullshit like everybody else? I mean, and, I have all the time. <laughs> so then when you went in and you knew that you're going into CVS, um, did you know it was the alcohol driving you in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was hiding behind the idea that, I mean, of course I wanted the kids to have a good Easter, but I also knew that how the fuck was I going to deal with, excuse my French, I'm swearing so much, I'm so sorry. How was I going to deal with all of this you know, we're all cooped up in one house. We're all, you know, we're all having a hard time. The kids are homeschooling. And of course I'm doing everything wrong because, you know, it's always on me. So, um, you know, and we're you all- need, You need your stash. You need your stash. Yeah, right? well, I need it. Yeah, I need it. And if I can't get it, I don't know what I'm going to do because then I have to just sit in it and I don't want to sit in it, you know? So, so now I'm, I'm refusing to leave, like he said. And he was so angry that he just took a glass of, I don't remember what it was and threw it across the wall, went all over the kitchen. Like it was ugly. It was a, it was a, it was a very, I'm almost glad it happened in a way because it made me really just say, Oh, I have a problem <laughs> and I need to stop. And um, he's not right with the way that he handled it. Um, cause it was wrong to me. Like, I felt like he was way too hard on me, you know, I like usual, but you know, he's, he's a verbal person. He says what he thinks and, and you know, whatever. So, so I very intentionally go upstairs and I lock the door to the bathroom and I run the water and I pour it all down the drain, every bit of it, everything I just bought, um, right down the drain. Um, and I said, I, I got to stop. This is, I can't do this. You know, this is, I, I'm, I feel worse than I've ever felt ever. And, and I'm so ashamed. I was so ashamed. I'm still ashamed of it. So. Well, wow, that's huge. I mean, you went from the CBS to the fight to pouring the poison down the, down the drain. Yep. Yep. And you usually say that or somebody, don't you say that Pour I do. down the drain? Yeah. And that's, and I always think of that moment for me. And I even took all the vodka and the rum that I had to, and I poured it all down the drain too. I poured all of it. And I just told my husband, I'm sorry, I got rid of it because I can't handle it. I'm going to drink it. So I'm quitting drinking. Congratulations to you. Like I was very mean about it, but I'm like, congratulations. I've given up drinking forever. This is your fault. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm blaming him. Like, because you're an asshole and you, tell me I can't drink. And so, you know, I've given up, so I'll do that for you. Don't leave me, <laughs> but I will, um, I'll quit drinking. So sign me up. And he's like, well, so it shut him up. It did shut him up, you know, cause I think that he just, he wanted me to do that. Like I, you know, whatever. So he was a little bit happy or a little bit forgave me, you know? Um, so I, I, I did pretty good, but I did fail at Easter. I remember I, I had some at Easter and, um, and I had, because I hadn't had it in a while cause he was having it. So when he opened it, he offered me some and I was like, yep, I'm going to do it. And then because I had that little sip 
uh, it's that's all it took. And then it was like making up for lost time. I think I might have even blacked out and I never was blacking out before. Had you found IAS yet? No. And that's this is where I'm going with this. So so Easter came and then I, I failed and then I, you know, I failed a few more times. And then um, I got a call from um, this is May 20th, 20th or 22nd, I can't remember, um, of 2020 is when I started the IAS app. And I had actually been sober for a little bit before that. But when she called me um, is when she told me about this app. And she's and she was a little girl that I, she's not little anymore, but I babysat her from the time she was an infant to when she didn't need babysitting anymore. And she lived uh, very near us. And, you know, I was always just someone that she looked up to. Um, and now I was looking up to her, you know, she's like, I just have to tell you something. I'm so proud of myself. I'm a year sober and I'm so excited. And I was like, Oh my God, that's wonderful. I said, you so called me at the right time because I'm trying to do this myself and I need help. And I can't, you know, I can't figure out how to navigate through this by myself. And I'm just not surviving. And she's like, well, I'll help you. I have this app and it's just, it like counts your days. And even just recently, she just celebrated two years. I'm so proud of her. She just called me the other day, um, but she had no idea about the community side of it. Like she never posted. I just, she just signed up for the posting part of it. She didn't realize all this time. She was just t- clocking her time. So I start May 20th or 22nd. Again, I can't remember which one. And I went without a relapse for seven months, seven months. I, it it just, it clicked with me and I fell in love with everybody. And I was just so like, oh my God, I was finally getting what I needed. Like my whole thing with my husband, the whole, you know, seven months, I just said to him, I said, listen, all I need you to do is to tell me that you're proud of me. Can you just tell me I'm proud of you? You know, I need that. I need you to tell me that. And he's like, no, I'm not. Why should I be proud of you for doing, for giving up something you shouldn't do to begin with? And I'm like, that's fucking great. You know, I'm really not getting what I need. You know, I'm like, listen, I did this for you. And you're not, you're not even saying good. I mean, can you just say good job? I mean, can I have gone seven months? Is, does that mean nothing to you? It's not easy. And he's like, well, because he's a normie, you know, like he, we used to smoke cigarettes and then he was like, we're done. We're just, we're not going to smoke anymore. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't agree to this, you know, but he just, he just, that's what he does. He just, it, it's nothing to him. He just stops. And I'm look at him like he's nuts, you know? Um, but he, um, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not proud of you. You need to be proud of you. And he's not wrong. You know, he's not wrong in saying that. I, I understand him. And he's like trying to do tough love or something. Like, I, I guess. But I'm looking at him intentionally and I'm saying, babe, I need you to tell me that you're proud of me. I'm asking you. I, I need this. I need this from you. I can't keep going if I don't feel like this matters to you. You know? And... To this day, he has still never said that. And even now, even, you know, he gives me a really hard time about the app. He get, And, you know, I'm looking at him like, well, you know what? I'm getting what I need there. I'm getting the support and the love that I need and I need it. He's like, oh yeah, you needed so good that you, you failed again after you had your seven months. And I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you. You know, like I, I can't, 
you're just, you're just trying to hurt me. You know, like it's just, to me, it's like intentional hurt. You know, he's just, when I came into his life and I, you know, I promised to be there for him. Like he's in the middle of all of those 12 kids and everything was never about him. And when I showed up and saved him from, or felt like I saved him from this horrible situation, everything was about him again, you know? And even with the kids, like when it's about the kids and not about him, he's kind of like, Hey, hello, you know, hello. Um, and I get that. And I see that. And I, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's a very clear pattern to me now, especially because with IAS and, and I, you know, he's very much jealous of the time that I spend on here or going to the Zooms, you know, and now my kids are even saying, now my kids are like, well, yeah, just go be with your drunk friends and they're your new family. You know, oh. like it kills me. It kills me because I don't, I don't want them to think like that. I just, I'll say to my kids and I've always been very upfront and honest. I'm like, do you, have you ever seen mommy dr drunk? And they're like, no. I'm like, yeah. And you know why? Because I, I don't want to be. And I, I don't, I want you to know that you never have to turn to alcohol for your problems. You know what? Alcohol is not a solution to anything. In fact, it makes things worse. And I never want to get to a point where I have a problem, uh, such a strong problem that I can't dig myself out of. And that's why I don't drink anymore. And that's why I need my drunk friends because I don't ever want to get to that point. And he's like, oh, you know, they, they, they understand what I'm saying, but they're also like, want the attention, you know, like I'm creating attention. The lead. Yeah. Lead. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so um, I remember, I remember you coming in to IAS. <clears throat> I remember seeing this rags. She's all over. I love you. Hugs to you. I love you. Hugs. hugs. And they're like, who the hell's this asshole? <laughs> No, I loved it. I'm like, wow, man, this, you know, and who knew in the background you're going through, you, you have no support. Here you are, Rags. You're out there like loving on everybody, supporting everybody. And like, you don't just say like, I want to give you hugs, you know, and cheering people on. you would like, I'm like, man, look at all this. She writes and like, just to encourage one person, like even what you did with my son this morning, right? Okay. You really made an impact. And I, I was watching you and it took a while before I think I even said hi, because, you know, we're all dealing with our own shit then. Sure. But then all of a sudden you like, this must've been around December or something, right? You just like decided you were going to, all of a sudden you can moderate. Yeah. That, that's it. I'm glad that you said that because that is when I started to say, you know what? I had gone my seven months and then I was like, my husband's like, you know what? I miss drinking with you. Like maybe, can you just drink when I drink? Like, can you just, you know? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, if I, if I can be this diligent for seven months, like and not have a relapse, then certainly I can have a drink and just not drink. You know, like if I'm diligent and I don't drink every day, then why can't I just drink when you drink, you know? So I very intentionally decided that I needed to shut off that side of my brain that said that I can moderate because I really still believe that maybe I could, you know, I wanted to believe that I could be a normie. I wanted to believe that I could go to a restaurant with my husband and enjoy, you know, enjoy that time. You know, like I didn't want to be this person that couldn't drink at my kid's wedding. Like I can't have a toast. Like I can't. Like my husband's family is, um, they're amazing. Like, I love that. Like when I first met them, it was like the, 
you know, it's such a big, fun, boisterous family that is so full of energy and love. And they just, there's a lot of drinking that goes on there though. You know, like I'm really like odd men out there. And so the ones that know of me um, that are doing this are kind of like, wait, you're doing this? Like what? really like what and I think that it's because it kind of shines a light on other people and that's never my intention like I don't ever want someone to think oh I should be sober because you know wow if she's sober then what does that say about me like I she never drinks like they're like you're always the one that's taking care of us and like bringing us home and you know saving us from drinking too much like I never participate in any of that I just don't Uh, and so I'd say to them well listen yeah you're right I don't have a problem overindulging I don't but I certainly have a problem wanting to do it every day. And I certainly don't want to turn to this for everything I need. I, I don't want to live that way, you know, and they're just kind of like, they get it, you know? Um, well, I mean, you're, you're not overindulging, but you're hiding it rags. Yeah. You're, oh, yeah. you're filling up bottles. Um, yeah. Yeah. You may not be overindulging in front of everybody else, but I need it, but yeah. you're definitely overindulging privately. Well, and, and here's the thing too, like I say overindulging, but like here, you know, I would get to the point when we were doing uh, homeschooling and something would go wrong and I'd be like, oh, I don't think I can get through this science project, you know? So I'd go and now I was doing the hard, you know, now I was doing the, the vodka and the rum and I'd be like, you know, I'm just going to take one shot and then I'm going to come back out and then I'm going to be better, you know? And it did. And the problem is, is that it did, it worked. It worked. I would go in there, I'd take my shot and come back out and I'd be like, what do we got? You know, like let's do this. Let's, let's, you know, make this the best product ever, you know, like, and they would be like, wow, finally she's in a good mood. Like, yay. Okay. So I decide that I can moderate, you know, um, and this is around Christmas time. Actually it was before, I think it was like Thanksgiving maybe. And I'm a, I am a, anyone that knows me knows that I am a holiday person. Like I, that's the only hobby that I have. I decorate for every season and I love it. Like Christmas is my favorite thing in the whole entire world. So, um, so I'm so happy and I feel like, Oh, finally I can have wine again and I can just enjoy myself and all this time, you know, I'm doing it again. And I told my husband that I would only drink when he drank. So then I was like always saying to him, so do we want, um, how about we have Italian tonight? Cause I, cause I knew Italian would make him want to have wine. And then I'd be like, um, don't you want to drink? Don't you want a glass of wine? Let's go sit by the pool. You want a glass of wine, right? Can I pour you one? Like I was like always trying to get him to do it because I knew that I could only do it when he did it, you know? Um, and then finally I just gave up on that and I was like, forget this shit. I'm just going to drink again. And he does, he won't know, you know? So then I was, um, going and doing the shots, but what I would do is like, even at 10 o'clock in the morning, like if the kids did something that upset me, there I was, I would go to the closet. I would, um, take a shot of vodka or whatever it was just right out of the bottle and then just go back out and just deal with it. And then I wasn't drunk. You know, I just, it was just one shot. And then later on at like noon or something or one, something else would happen. I'd be like, I'm going to go take another shot. So then I'd go take another shot and then I'd come back. And then after I picked it, you know, after the kids were done with school, then I was like, then I would have another one. And, you know, like, so it was spread out throughout the day so that I was kind of like always having like a continuous buzz, but I wasn't hammered. I was never hammered, you know? So nobody knew, but I was definitely making it through the day by those shots, you know, like having an issue and then going to the shot. And all the while I'm watching all of my friends that I love on the app and like go into Zooms and they're, you know, I remember certain people were so nervous about Christmas and I was like, 
fuck because I am so mad at myself because I, I want to be them. I want to be them. Like, so still you were off the app trying to moderate. Right. But you were still like ghosting or what? I, th- you know what? I think I was still supporting people. I feel like I was because I knew that I was going to probably at least come back into it if I couldn't moderate, or maybe I was just ghosting, but I also have a separate, I have a group of people on the WhatsApp that are, are, I'm very close to that came from IAS. And I also do some on the, um, you know, with Polly and, and Karina, um, the girls app, you know, I, I do, I still do some of that. So I think that maybe I was supporting people on those, but I was watching and just so happy for everybody else but it's just so mad at myself, you know, like I gotcha. knew like, but it was such a good motivator for me because I was like, you know what, forget this. I need to go back because th- these are my people, you know, these are my people and they care about me. And I, you know, I'm, I just, I missed the sober life, you know? And I did, I really, I intentionally missed it. And I was so bored of the drinking and by new year's, I knew it was going to be my last drink. And I started, um, I, I was going to start like everybody else does on New Year's Day, but it just, it was an easy time for me to remember, you know, like I'm going to start on New Year's just like everybody else. But this time, I mean it, I'm doing it. I missed the sober life. I'm coming back and I'm going to have to eat crow and tell everyone that I can't moderate and oh, well, <laughs> you know, so, um, so anyway, so I, I come back Jan- January 1st and I had every intention of staying. And um, so then um I feel like I did okay. I don't remember how long I went um, that time, but um, my, our hit, my husband's younger son was coming to visit. And he was like, Tracy, last time I came to visit, you were, you were doing the whole sober thing. Come on, man. Like what, what why are you, why are you doing this to me? You know, like let's please drink with me, you know? And the person that never wants to disappoint anyone, especially not the boys that I loved and tried to help, make happy so long ago, I, you know, like, I'm like, why do you need me to drink in order to have fun? But he's like, but I never did that with you. So I want that with you. And so that kind of just messed me up for a while. You know, like I was just kind of like, Oh, but I, I, I like my sober life and it's gonna be so much harder to start over. And, but he just kept on going with it and going with it. And I, you know, even when I was um, starting to reset in January, we had, we always have so many people coming to visit us always because we live in Florida, you know, and a lot of the people were on lockdown and some of the people were, you know, were excused from traveling and were able to come here. Um, So they, they wanted to come stay with us, you know, and be in the pool and thank God for our pool or we would have probably, I would have probably died with these kids not having an outlet. Um, But I mean, people would come all the time and my nature is to spoil, to serve, to, you know, I cook, I, you know, when someone comes, I have a big basket full of shit for them because that makes me feel good. You know, like I, you know, you come to my house, it's like you're in a hotel. Like I like to put mints on the pillow and stupid shit, but it makes me happy, you know? So people are coming here and I'm serving people left and right margaritas and wine and all the stuff I love. And it really just freaking sucks, you know? And, and again, my husband's drinking, he's doing what he wants. And I'm looking at him like, can you just tell me you're proud of me again? I'm coming right back to this. I just want you to tell me you're proud of me. And, uh, nope, still didn't get it. So, um, I decide to start, I, I decide to see if I can drink and not, lose my mind. Like, can I have one drink? And so that I know, and again, how stupid of me, because I just tried to moderate and I proved that I couldn't. So what, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? But I, I did it and I just, I broke my promise and I 
for, for one of the first times, I, I don't remember, I don't, I kind of blacked out a little bit, like as I overindulged because I knew that I wasn't getting it again. And, um, and so I said, and my husband's like, look what you did. You're totally, you know, your, your sober people aren't helping you. So you need to get off the app because obviously, you know, you're not succeeding here. So I think like that was my motivation. Like I was like, you know what? They are helping me and I'm going to show you how much they're helping me. And there were certain people who were just so on my team and they know who they are. Um, and they just believed in me and just believed that I could do this. And um, I just said, you know what? I'm not doing it for him anymore. I have to do it for me. I have to. I know that I want him to be proud of me. That's never going to happen. So I have to be proud of me, you know? Um, and I know that my friends are proud of me and the true people that care for me um, here and my tribe, you know, they're going to be proud of me. And, and that's just, that's what I needed to, to, and that's where I'm at now. You know, like, so I, is that where, is that where you, when you came back and you just, um, yeah. so let's take one break and then let's get into this last part. We'll wrap it up with this where, um, you're getting into your recovery. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're back and we're going to get into rags recovery. So, <laughs> You decide I'm going to show you and you're, you're going to get back into dive into IAS. So go ahead. So I, I come back to the people that um, have really been my, my heart from the beginning. Like I wanted the support at home and I just didn't get it. Um, even though my motivation originally was to do it for my kids and for my husband, I realized, you know, it has to be for me and, you know, they're never going to be able to support me the way that I need them to. So I need to stop trying to get it that way. And my people on IAS, I mean, I know I've said it a million times, but I mean, I just love all of you so much. And um, I I just really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for many of you. Um, You know, I, I feel like I'm so misunderstood sometimes, you know, like, Again, I think I said this to you before, like just all of the love and the love and the love, but I have so much love and um, you guys are just so amazing. Like I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I would never have the ability to do this if I didn't feel like, you know, if I didn't feel like I was so understood and so loved and so supported um, because clearly I can't get that here. And I spent my life trying to give that to everyone and I just can't get it back. So getting it from you guys is um, really a gift. So thank you. (laughs) Now that I'm blubbering full. We love you rags. And (laughs) you know, it's, you're just amazing and you give, 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 give. And I've, I've seen this from you from um the get-go and when you came back it's just there's rags look at all this love that you spread to everybody rags and you support so many people and we need to keep supporting you because who knew that um well there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people like you rags that um they're not getting the support at home and um it's really, it's really difficult because you, we all need that, you know? Um, but you've really dove into IAS now. 
and you're just over a month. Yep. I'm all, and, just about 30. I'll be 35 days in a, in a, I think two days is the next mile. So we're like five weeks. So in a couple of days, I'll be five weeks. So, which is, uh, you know, again, this time is just, it's different, you know, um, Lee, who is so absolutely dear to my heart. Um, you know, he keeps saying, this is your time. This, this is your time. I feel it. And, um, I'm sorry. I do feel like it's my time. And I just, I don't want to let anyone down, least of all myself, you know, and um, I don't want to be the, the person that I was. I, I'm proud of myself, whether he is or not, I am. So I know that I'm not this, you know, fun mom anymore because you know I'm trying to deal with all these things that are bubbling up to the surface um, but but I'm getting through them you know and I'm realizing that I can't hide behind alcohol anymore you know I can't hide my feelings and you know I'm always honest and I'm always upfront with how I feel even with my husband you know even though I'm not getting what I need <laughs> I tell you I'm not getting what I need you know, I never hide anything. I never, I, I'm always very open. I'm an open book and I never shut my heart. I don't shut my heart out to anyone. You know, the meaner you are to me, the nicer I, I'm back. It's just kindness is power. And that's posted up in my house and I mean it and I mean it and I mean it and I always will. So um, I feel like it's my time. I feel happy. I feel ready. Uh, I feel free. You know, I feel very very free. I feel very glad <laughs> that I've got all that out to you. <laughs> I, I don't think I have any notes left that I haven't said. And thank you, Jesus. I got nothing else I want to say. Well, Rags, I, I do want to say that um, you're an inspiration to so many of us and we're proud of you. Oh, we're you. very proud of you. <laughs> and we cheer, we cheer each other on. We're, we're like this huge, community thank god for ias oh, and yeah. this platform that they have i mean because this is where i got sober too and we were we went into ias around the same time actually. yeah i remember you and i remember polly very very well and i remember when you first connected with me it was just such a warm thought you know it was such a warm feeling that i had uh from you and from polly and uh i remember i connected with uh with lee or lilo on September 11th, like, actually, it wasn't September 11th, I don't think, I think it was my 54 days. Um, I looked back because I wanted to really understand certain people's journeys. And when I listened to his podcast, I was like, holy crap, like my, my heart just ripped out of my chest. And I, I wasn't like, such a mess hearing his story, because he's such a dear person for me, you know, and and Karina's story and Polly's story. I'm like, like I, I'm listening to everybody's story going, my God, it's like, these are people I love and I care for. And I just, I would do anything for. And now I'm listening to their stories and I feel like I just want to run over there and just hug them and love them. And you know, of course you do. That's what I do. That's what I do. When I listened to Jamie talk too, I like the very first one you did, I was like, I just want to go hug her. I just want to see her. <laughs> you know? Like, I just, I just, I feel very intensely for people. And it's just, it's, it's just how I am. But um, I remember the, 
Lilo wrote me on 54 days because 54, again, super important day to me. Like I'm going to be more excited about 54 days than I am about most other milestones. And we can see why. Yeah. Because of the Lenny connection. And, um, you know, he wrote something really sweet and he had lost, you know, his mother-in-law on 9-11 and, um, you know, we just had that connection and it just something that just, just clicked and something inside me said, you know what? I just had this very strong feeling about sending him uh, one of the shirts that we wear uh, for Lenny. And, you know, I just, I don't know, like whether Lenny just, it just came over me and I, I, I stopped, I, I've learned to stop questioning my feelings and I just go with it. So I just insisted that he give me his address and I just, I wanted to send him this shirt so badly because I knew that some, for some reason, for some you know, whether the people up there in heaven are, you know, deciding that they want us both to be sober and somehow we need to stay connected, that he needed to get this shirt. He needed to get this shirt and he needed Lenny to be in his life. And, you know, Lenny would maybe make sure that he never felt abandoned because I know that that's one of his biggest um, struggles. And, um, you know, I just, and that's, and that's how that started. You know, it all started with Lenny. It all started with 9-11 and just the pain of loss that people feel for that day and for, you know, for their own sorrows. And just this community is just, it's amazing. You know, it, I'm just, I, I'm like continually at a loss for words and how special it is. And I keep trying to explain it to my family and they just, they can't get it. Even my own mom, who I love dearly and has decided to start a sober life, which I'm so thrilled about. She's like, well, I know you have your sober people now, so you don't need to call. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) help me. Like everybody, everybody's on me about this, you know, but they just just, don't want to share you. They want all your focus on them. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And they're used to that rags. To be honest (laughs) with you, they're used to you having all, you know, everybody, you've made everybody special in your life. And now here you are, you're doing something for you that you need to do for you. Yes. And I need to be understood and supported in that respect. So I hope to God that I get that, you know, cause I need it. I need. Well, I need and it. also uh, this is what I hope you get where you can be wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, that you get to this place where all of that just doesn't matter because you're comfortable with you. I think there's a magic thing that happens in the recovery world that just starts to happen. And then I think it just like organically starts to move to the other people, but it's, well, some, it's a process, that. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at you guys and I, and you and Polly coming up on a year and um, I'm just so excited for everybody, you know, like when Lilo turned his year and, and, you know, Mel and mom and, oh my God, I was just, so when I listened to No More Whining Story, um, who is such a sweet, amazing person, like I remember exactly where I was on the couch when she's telling her story and I'm just, I'm pouring (laughs) tears, you know? Um, And same with Lilo, like I just, I'm listening to everybody and, and, and Karina, when she talked about, you know, not feeling accepted and I, you know, and Polly with the losing her husband. And I'm just I, like, I'm walking, I, I see myself where I'm at every time I listen to somebody's story. And I just, you know, it, it it's amazing what you're doing, Drift. It's amazing. And I, I really have to salute you 
because I, I hope that people understand how much sacrifice you put into doing this and you're all, you're just doing it completely from your heart. Like you're amazing. And I, well, that's I, what we're I, all doing though. Right. I know, but it's, I, I give you the, I give you so much credit and so much love and such a pat on the back because you know, you're really, you're really working so hard. But it's not about me. It's about us. To be I honest. know, but, no. but I love you for it. So there, well, thank you. Take it. Okay. Soak it in. Okay. <laughs> Don't deny my love. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Good. And we're, we're all giving you our love back. Thank you. Rags. Thank you very much for coming on here and sharing everything. And I just have to tell you, your story is amazing. Look, everybody, she's like, oh, my life is so boring. And it's just not like everybody else's. But look, Rags, nobody's life is like everybody else's. We all, but everything matters. It doesn't, I mean, you've been through so much hell, you know, yourself. And um, I think that your story is going to help other women that have been through your situations too, that have just carried this shit for all these years and bottle it up. So now here it is, you're at one month. And then this is what I, I know about getting sober. All this shit is going to start hitting you. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be days where it's, you may get down to one breath at a time. Then without the non-support that you have, that you're surrounded with you in your home, don't let that be an excuse to ever go back. You know, yeah. dig your, dig, dig your feet in and, um, cause this shit's going to hit you eventually. Cause you're going to have to eventually do, you know, like piece one says, uh, dig deep. And my advice to everybody is look, we always sit on our shit. And I know a lot of people disagree with me and they're like, well, just go sit, it, sit with it. Well, you know what? We've been sitting with this shit and hiding it in our lives right. rags for right. our, all of our friggin' life. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's stop sitting in shit and let's start dealing with shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Three more. Yes, good. But anyway, Rags. Can I ask you a real quick question? Like, why did this not come up when I went through the seven months? Like, why was the seven months like, was I blind? Was I just like riding a pony with with no vision? Like, I I don't understand. Like, nothing came out before. Because you're digging deep now. It's not just about sober. You're you're trying to figure there's more. There's more to it. Juan, I want it for me. You know, it's not just because I want to shut him up, you know, anymore. So I guess that's, yeah, that, and that may be too, but before it was like, I'm doing this to save my marriage and for, for my husband. And now that could be the difference too, Rags. You're doing this for you now. Yeah. And digging deep. I mean, it's, it's one thing to just get sober mm-hmm. and Rags. I did it for nine years. I was sober nine years. I never dug deep. My brother died and I had no foundation I started drinking and it took nine more friggin' years to stop drinking. Really? Wow. So it's when you start digging deep, you're building a foundation right now, you know, so be ready. <laughs> it's well, it's I, the you know best I feel time. Strong. I feel strong. I do. And I feel like I don't want to fail. In fact, I won't fail. Like I, I'm very. Well, Todd, Todd says something in his last for the, the mind growth or. Okay, yeah that that one podcast he just did it's not failure it's learning so replace replace the word failure with learning but that doesn't mean to have go relapse that's not what i'm saying right but for the people out there that are listening a relapse isn't failure it's learning 
just for everybody. But you're not going to do that because you're in a different place in your sobriety and you're going to do this. And I believe in you. And you have a whole friggin' army behind you, my friend. Well, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate that. I, I, I know that you mean that. And I, I do. For it. I do. Thank so you. we're going to close out with that. Rags, thank you very much. You did this. Yay. Hey, uh, you got this, Rags. I you got this. <laughs> for Lilo, you got this. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You got this, Lilo. <laughs> right on and everybody out there for lilo he's got this yeah. right, right make sure you tell him <laughs> yeah make sure you tell him Aww. so thank you this is a sober town podcast thank you for joining us and remember pour the poison down the sink right rags amen yep do it <laughs> thank you rags thank you bye Okay, hello Sobertown. Uh, welcome to the Sobertown podcast. This is I Must and I'm very excited to be here talking, talking to Rags today. Um, we're going to do a follow-up after your interview with Drifter. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How is my buddy? <laughs> <laughs> love you. That's what I always tell you on the app and that's how I feel. <laughs> I must love you back. Yeah, I think we're both a little bit nervous today, aren't we? Because this is yes. this is my first interview. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Over and out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we just wanted to check in with you and see how you felt after doing your interview, which I listened to, and I was just blown away. I was so blown away by your story. It it moved me to tears and. Um, I just couldn't believe what an amazing life you've led and how much you've been through. So um, I just want, how did you feel after, after your big share? Oh, you're, you're so sweet to say that. I, I don't feel like it was anything. Um, like I listened to everybody else's and I, I'm, I'm so blown away, you know, so listening to mine, I'm like, God, why did I even talk about that? <laughs> you know, like, I don't feel like, I felt like mine was more just, my life, like a, a normal life, um, you know, the things that happened to me. And I just kind of started from the beginning, you know, of when that all kind of started to come together. And I, I think that I probably shared way more than I intended to. I mean, I had written some things down and then all of a sudden other things were coming out and I was like, oops, it's already out of my mouth. I'm going to have to keep going with that. Um, so I don't think there was anything I regret sharing. Um, but, you know, I think maybe I got more detailed than than I had planned. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, like it led me to really being in a place of acceptance. And I think, if anything, it's kind of opened my eyes to my own, like, realizations of, you know, getting sober and then really understanding, wow, you know, I guess that is why I did that. And, you know, maybe that is the reason why I've gravitated towards this direction or that direction, you know? So I, I it's really been eye-opening for me. I, I didn't want to listen to myself. I think, I don't think anybody likes to listen to themselves. I really, really don't. Because, you know, like you hear yourself like, oh God, is that how I sound? That's terrible. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I did, I forced myself to listen to it. Um, and I was horrified uh, by a lot of it. And hearing it was weird, mu much more weird than saying it, because I'm pretty much an open book. You know, like if you ask me a question, I will tell you anything like I'm I don't I don't hide anything like even 
if somebody asks me, you know, why aren't you drinking? Well, I'm sober. I just alcohol and me don't agree. And I'll tell anybody anything, my boss, whoever. I mean, I just, I don't really have any reason to hide. I don't really have the kind of job that, you know, would necessitate me feeling embarrassed by something like that. So, you know, I just kind of carry myself that way um, very openly. So I guess the conversation with Drifter was comfortable, like it is with you. And I just, boom, it just started coming out, <laughs> you know, like throw up a diary yeah. of <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, so thank you guys for listening to all of my shit um, and supporting me. I, I appreciate that. So yeah, I, I, I know when I did mine, I felt really like afterwards, I was sort of like rushed to, to hear it. And then I was like, oh my God, is that what I sound like? And, and yeah, like your voice, like, oh God. No. Yeah, but hearing your story, like through your own words and trying to listen to it sort of objectively, like, how do different people hear this? Right. It, it's quite, um, I don't know, it just made it all seem really real, doesn't it? You just kind yeah. of look at your life a little bit in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I really, I thought, geez, I, I really wanted to look at why I began to drink to begin with. And well, I guess I have my answer now. Like as I'm listening to myself, it just, you know, I journal a lot and I went back to some journals that I had written when I traveled uh, throughout Europe. Actually, it fell into my lap one day um, in the closet. Most recently, I think it was after my share. And I just sat in my closet and I just, just bawled my eyes out because as I read all of the things I was thinking and feeling at that moment of, um, you know, of self-discovery is really what it was. And um, it was just so poetic and so raw and so real. And I had just shared all those things. And then now I was reading my own thoughts of my journals of my travels. I'm like, I'm sitting in a cafe in Paris and I, I see myself writing it. And I remembering sitting there and all of the things I was feeling and, and the things that were going on. And it just, you know, it just kind of emphasized everything. Like it, I, I was crying a lot. Like, you know, I think that you've said that or, you know, Polly has said that and, and Karina has said that, like when they shared, like all of a sudden they started to feel like overwhelmed, like the, the feelings just started continuing to come. And that, that, that is exactly how I felt. Like it opened that door and boy, it came <laughs> flooding <It's>, out. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a Pandora's box in a way, isn't it? Cause yes. you, you kind of, a lot of these feelings you, you've, you, we think that we've dealt with them and you've shoved them in a little chest in the back of your head and, and shut the box. And then all of a sudden you start opening the box and peeking inside. And I found all these other sort of memories and stuff rushing back. It's, it's. I mean, even as I was talking, you know, you know, I, I think, Oh Jesus, I haven't thought about that for really long time. Did that, did that happen? You know, like all of a sudden all of these things start appearing in your brain and um, you just kind of make connections to one thing or another. And you, I'm just, I've just been much more emotional. And to be honest with you, I, um, I just started work again on Monday and it's been surreal. I mean, I've been off for a little under a year or is it over a year? I, I can't remember. Um, but our, my business has completely changed, you know, since COVID and um, is so much to learn. And after 21 years of having this job, I'm having to relearn it all. And that's, you know, humbling and exciting at the same time, because I've just been, you know, I've, I've been just 
living my life. Like COVID really gave me such a gift. You know, I had time with my kids that I, that I never had and wanted, you know, like I worked 80 hours a week before. And then when they were born, you know, I slowed down a little bit, but I, I just craved that time. Like I got to walk them to school and then bring them home and then make them snacks and do their homework. And I mean, it was, it was beautiful for me to have that time. But then also when I would start feeling like I wasn't the cool mom and, you know, and I was, and I still wasn't getting sober, um, you know, it kind of hit me all at once. Like, boy, I'm, I'm having all that I wanted. I'm, I get to be this mom that I, I've craved to be. And then now I'm failing. Like, that's kind of why I think definitely I was going to the closet. Cause I just, I want, I was so excited and I was so motivated to be that mom. But then in the same breath, I was like, well, shit, I'm not doing a good enough job, you know, like, and then you get hard on yourself and then you punish yourself and then here comes alcohol, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting sober now and, and having, you know, I feel like I missed out on some of that time. Like, I wish I could get it back again, like, but now I'm at work and I have, you know, all of the stress of that and I'm trying to fit in the kids. And so that's kind of why I've taken more of a step back from the app because I just, I feel like I, I can't keep up, you know, like I love the Telegram app that we're part of, you know, with, with Polly and Karina. And I love having just, you know, a sisterhood to speak to. Um, but I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up. Like, I want to know what's going on with everybody. And I don't want them to feel like I don't know what's going on with them and I've missed it, you know? And then, so, but I, you know, so I realized that I have to shut some of those doors at this point so that I can kind of you know, give it to the kids and, and give it to my husband who deserves that and, you know, and deserves the best of me. And I'm not giving that because I feel, you know, and that, and it brings it back to the whole idea of why I thought I, I think I drank to begin with is that I always come last. And as I listen to the podcast, I'm like, yeah, that really is what it is. I am always last. I'm, and I'm, I'm still- nodding empathically here, aren't I? <laughs> listening to your podcast, I really took took that that um and I think like we've been talking a bit this week and and I said I I really want to look after rags a little bit because I really felt in your podcast that that you give so much um uh, and I think it's probably a root of a lot of us drinking is that you know a lot of us mums particularly want to be the best want to do everything want to do everything right um but I don't know, I took away a little bit from your story that that don't forget to look after you a little bit as well, because that's that's the way that you're gonna look after everybody else. You you can't you can't be right at the bottom. That's that's my right. little interjection. Here I am at the bottom. Like <laughs> yesterday and I was so proud of myself. I I I after eight years and I I I calculated in my head, I said to my husband, you know what, thank you for letting me go. I love you to pieces. I need to just, it, it was my friend's husband's uh, 36th birthday. And I was like, I'm, they want me to go. We don't have a sitter. And so he's like, you know what you go. And I was like, Oh, thank you. You know, like I was so, I'm so grateful. It's been eight years because my son's eight. I've never gone out without him or without my son in all of the time that he's been born. I can't think of one time that I just said, Hey, I'm going to go out with friends and it didn't include him or the kids or it, I, I couldn't believe it. And my friend looked at me like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. I just can't believe you're here. Like she was so happy because I was there. But then she started feeling bad because, you know, they all were there to drink and get drunk. And, you know, it was a bar atmosphere and people had been locked up for so long. And so, I mean, man, it was the, the bar was kicking like people were like 
all over the place hammered. It was really, it was really exciting to see and to witness and to be like, I treated it like I was like a little scientist and I put my little goggles on and I just watched everybody. <laughs> and it was um, very educational, very like, wow. And, um, and, and did you, did you enjoy it? Was it? so much fun i i was thrilled i had zero cravings i didn't even get triggered one time i danced i laughed i sang it was it was awesome and i felt like totally empowered i did i felt like look at me like i don't need this you know i got this big glass of uh club soda with lemon and with lime and i was just I was happy. And they were like, so what are you doing this for? You were never the one that drank it. I'm like, here we go again. You know, like, but you know what? I'm doing it because it's, it works for me. It's a, it's a better way of life for me. And I'm glad that you're drinking, like, go for it. Happy birthday. You know, like, woo, let's do this, but don't worry about me. I'm happy, you know? And so they would order shots and still be like, no, nope, you're going to have it. Come on, just one. And I'm like, actually just one, is not going to happen. And I'm good with that. So you have mine. Now you get two. So, you know, it's buy one, get one free day. Happy birthday. You know, like I'm just trying to like dissipate all of the conversations to back to where they need to be. Cause once they start drinking and they get out of hand, it keeps coming up like they never told me, like they forgot they already asked me, why are you not drinking? And they're asking me again. And I'm looking at them like, oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, you're drunk. So uh, let's listen to some more music, you know, like just change the subject all the time. It's funny, isn't it? How people get, the, the, the more drunk they get, the more upset they get about the fact that you're not, you're not drinking too. But the, yes. the time when I went out, I also had a really good time. And, and I was like, wow, I really don't need alcohol. I really don't need it. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I'm having a terrible time right. because everyone's drinking. You know, my friend texted me at the end of the night and said, like, oh, you had to put up with us all drunk. And I was like, I would have to put up with you all drunk even if I was drunk. So, <laughs> But it's it's not necessary, is it? It's nice to know that we can still actually just have a good time. And it's the people and the place. And it's not actually the alcohol. Exactly. And that's how I know I feel like that I'm in a better place. Although I do say, you know, there'll be good days and bad days. I always say that because, you know, this the, the last time I quit, I found it really hard. I found it hard that watching everybody and watching my husband, like we went to a restaurant just the other night and he got a you know, my favorite wine. And it didn't bother me. Although the time before that, that I reset, I was like in tears. I, I was in tears at the table. Like, I just was like feeling so sorry for myself. Like, why am I feeling sorry for myself? Like, finally, now I'm in the place where I'm like, you know what? I am not going to feel like this is, this is such a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's not a death sentence. It's a life sentence. And, you know, and that's what I say. I really feel like that. Like, I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself. So what you can't drink? Oh, well, stop being a baby. You know, there are, it's a, it's a gift, you know, like it's a wonderful thing that you don't need that. And they do, you know, and as, and I, and I never look down on them and they don't feel like I'm looking down on them. So, you know, at least I'm not coming across that way to them, which I appreciate because I never want someone to think like they should quit because of me, you know? Um, but it's, it's lovely to be able to have the feeling that I don't need that anymore. Like I can just be, happy and not you know walk away like I walked out of that bar and you know I I know I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna feel good and I'm and I'm just I'm like I was like on a high it really a natural high and it was it was lovely it was just it was awesome I loved it mm. yeah I think um you know I I'm I'm really determined that alcohol has ruined enough of my life 
Um, I don't want to go forward like tortured because I can't have it because I already feel like, you know, all, all those nights where I did drink to excess and I woke up in the night feeling tortured or woke up the next morning and ran around checking if I had my handbag and my keys and did I come home with everything and, <laughs> you know, those were torturous enough. Now I've made the decision that I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not prepared to let it torture me more. Yes. I'm just going to go and have fun, live life, you know? Yep. And you're there and it feels so good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So good for you. Good for you. you. Know, I just thought of this at um, yesterday when we were going to talk. I said today it would have been my year anniversary. Um, and I have- oh, a On IAS. On IAS, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So today would have been one year. I would have been celebrating had I not uh, relapsed. You know, I went the seven months and then I relapsed a couple of times uh, since then. But I don't even know what I'm at today. I, I think I'm I think I'm 50 days on the 24th. So what's today's 22nd. So a couple, in two days, I'll be I'll be 50 wow. days. Wow. Um, so that's great. And I'm waiting for 54, you know, yeah. uh, but um, 50. Um, but yeah, I thought about that today. And I have a, a, a group that I love so much on WhatsApp. And uh, it's a group of friends that I met here and we all started at the same time. And um, they're just absolutely so dear to me. I know you know Beck, uh, Rebecca, mm -hmm. um, ATX mom, and Doc, and um, Christy, and uh, Pete, and Rona. Um, you know, we're all hitting... Uh, Lauren, I think too. We're all hitting a year at the, you know, at the same time. I think that ATX mom is like a month behind, I think, but she is, um, you know, I talk to her on every day now. Like she, she has been someone that's come out of this IAS app and has just like changed my life. You know, like I, I have friends from work, but it's different, you know, like she reaches me on a level that I just, I, I can't, uh, I can't say I'd get anywhere else. And, you know, so now we're able to, uh, you know, I'm able to text her and be like, okay, I'm going to go to the thing tonight. Like I was, I was texting her back and forth saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to go in and, um, uh, we'll see how this goes. You know, like, can I run this by you? You know, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And because she has such an invested interest in the same thing, like that staying sober and just being the best that we can be and not, you know, being ashamed to be the only sober person in the room, you know, that kind of stuff just, it, it's so motivating to have someone that will listen to you and love you regardless, you know, like you can just throw things off of them and, and feel like you're three-dimensional again, <laughs> you know, like you're not just surrounded by everyone that is drinking and able to do whatever they want to do, you know? So that is for IAS has been such a, such a blessing. And because of that, you know, look how we met and how, how happy I feel to see you. I mean, like when I met you the first time on this, on the zooms, which PS, if people don't do the zooms, they need to do the zooms. Like mm -hmm. the zooms changed everything for me. They really, really did. And, um, I saw you there and you smiled at me. Like you gave me the sweetest smile, just like you're smiling at me right, right now. <laughs> and I just wanted to just, Oh, I just want to hug you. And, um, you were sitting on the, the back of your bed because I feel like you're always there like you're leaning against like your bed I'm, I'm coming from my dining room today <laughs> I thought it wasn't your bed but um so look at me trying to think of you in your bed see yeah. totally always bring the tone down I'm sorry I'm sorry um so but you looked at me and you smiled at me and I thought gosh you know I can do this she makes me feel like I belong like I can 
you know, look at that, look at that smile. I, I can tell her anything, you know? So, and then you always were there. Like every time I would go back to a Zoom, which wasn't all the time, it was like sporadic. Um, but then there you were again, you know? And I mm. felt like, oh, she's there again. Like I can feel, you know, like a part of a family, you know? I, I really feel that the the connections, and I know we say connection, 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 it's the opposite of addiction, but the connections and the people that I've met um, through the Zooms mainly is what started it. And yes, I, I highly recommend giving them a go as well. Um, and then and then the friendships that I've made outside of, of IAS, um, they're just like, I didn't think that I would get to sort of my 40s and make friends like that again. You know, like I've got some friends that I've had since I was 11 and we're like, tell each other everything, know everything about their lives. I've, I don't tell them everything that's going on with me now um, and and particularly the recovery and things like that. I mean, they know that I've quit drinking and stuff like that, but the the friends that... I've made you know we we can talk about stuff that like literally the honesty that we've all got together and the shared bond is incredible it's it's literally not something that I thought that I would ever really encounter again and it's not just one person either it's you know no yeah yeah um and that has been the best thing about finding that app is is friends the sisterhood did that too for me so so much like I can stand or I I can walk like you know because you listen like I'll, I'll be walking in my neighborhood and I'll just record a message saying I love you all and have a good day and you know I know I can't be here all the time but I just wanted to say how I feel and I just wanted to encourage you today and and then and then everyone else does the same you know and it's just like mm -hmm. I have somewhere I can go anytime 24 seven and just say how I feel and, and be validated and be understood. And that is just, wow. You know, that's a blessing. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that I, I'm kind of acquaintances with everybody, but I'm not really close to a lot. And, you know, like when I was a kid, I had those, you know, I had two friends. I had my one, my two from high school and one of them that passed away and really that was it. Like I had a couple of friends in college, but we don't really remain in contact. So I feel like I, you know, I become very, very close to few, but I am friends with all, you know? And so this has just kind of reestablished that and has given me a chance to, to really bond in ways that I've never really let myself, I guess, you know, I've, you know, because if I say something to you and you're going to understand me in a, in a way that I can't be understood, even in my own family, you know, I still haven't gotten the hug that I need from my husband and I still haven't heard. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, you know, I feel like there is a lot of, um, a lot that I need to work on at home. We'll just say that. And listening to my podcast, I thought, geez, God, I hope he doesn't listen to this. He's never asked. I don't think he really is has an interest in it. Um, he doesn't, he's, I don't think he'd ever really even listen to it, which actually is again, a little like, oh, he doesn't care. Um, but, you know, we love each other. We're best friends. We, we have a, you know, we have a relationship that has, you know, transcended the test of time. And, um, you know, I just need to be better at it, saying, you know, this is what I need. And I know that you're not willing to give it to me, but maybe we can find a, a corner that we can turn and find a common denominator somewhere because, you know, I need this to work. I made this, you know, promise to you and 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not drinking alcohol. I can't bury my feelings anymore. So unfortunately you're going to have to listen to them. So have fun with that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's come out on the other side, better off because of it. Uh, yeah. And just the best, you know, so if it makes you feel any better, my husband hasn't asked to, asked to listen to mine either. I did say to him that I was doing it. And I did say to him afterwards, you can listen to it if you want. And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was the only <laughs> conversation he had. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, did you have um, people like message you after? Did, did you have people on the app approach you and say, I, I listened to your story? And You know, my close friends definitely that, that knew, that know me, uh, were, were happy to hear you know, the entire story. Um, and I did have a few people that, um, you know, had mentioned to me, you know, thank you for sharing. Um, I just hope that, you know, more so than even hearing from anybody that, it, especially the the issues that I touched on that were related to women specifically mm -hmm. and not being quiet and, you know, sharing things that have happened to them and not being embarrassed to do that. I hope that if anybody ever feels that they want to share or need to share or need to get something out, that that would inspire them. Um, because it is very freeing. It is very much a release to be able to say, this is what happened to me and it wasn't okay. You know, mm. it, it's not okay to be, you know, to be violated in any way, even emotionally, you know, it's, it's not, it's not all right. So I, you know, maybe, I have listened to it and, and 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 are touched by it but didn't mention something and so hopefully that's the case because I don't need them to mention anything for sure mm -hmm. I just hope you know that you know maybe maybe somehow down the line someone will hear it and just be like oh you know what I should I should say something or maybe I should go to therapy I should talk that out you know I should really because I didn't really deal with it and all of a sudden now I'm talking about it and I'm thinking but you know there's a part of me too that doesn't really want to dig much deeper because I said it out loud and now if I dig even deeper like I'm like I don't I think I'm comfortable with the amount of worms that came out I, I think I want to <laughs> just kind of put the soil mm. back over for a little bit because I need to to breathe I don't want any more to come out right yeah now. I I get I mean I was I just I was I was walking the dog listening to your podcast and literally my jaw was like oh my god because you are just you know anybody who talks to you for five minutes knows what a sweet happy giving lovely person you are and I just I was so shocked at that part of your story because I was just like oh my god and and you are still the sweetest, most giving, lovely person, even after things like that happening to you. And I was just like, wow, like really wow. Um, I appreciate that. that yeah. I just thought that was so brave of you. Like, like I, I was just in awe of you. I just think you're amazing. And, and, and I can't imagine that anybody who's had something like that happen to them wouldn't be moved and buoyed by the fact that you that you shared that because you know it's brave and 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 you come out the other side and you know something else that I wanted to say to you is is you sort of touched on it with your friends last night going going out and um them saying but why are you giving up drinking and you you said to me before now that like you felt a bit misplaced on the, the app because you you maybe you know I really wanted to say that I think that you've got um, so much foresight and and 
you know, you stop digging earlier than other people, basically, is, is what, you know, they say rock bottom is when you stop digging, isn't it? Um, and and you stopped, you stopped digging a lot sooner, I think. I think you could, you could see, I mean, doing the things that you were doing was, was not good um, and left, left unmonitored un that could well have got much worse, you know, but I, I thought you had the foresight to sort of see um, um, and maybe a bit of nagging on your husband's part, but um... <laughs> yeah, quite a bit of that. Um, <laughs> quite a lot, yeah. But no, you know what? I guess it's a blessing. I'm glad he. I'm glad he got on my ass and rode it all the way to China. Um, <laughs> back. But um, yeah, I mean, it forced me to really uh, take a look at myself. And um, you know, I didn't never talked about my sister. I, I I thought, God, geez, as I listened to it, I'm like, I didn't mention my sister. I mean, it, it's 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 mind-boggling because she's truly, the, you know, the closest person to me. After, you know, I, it's a Kiko that I that I lost, but she was like a, a sister to me, but more of a friend. You know, like on my same level. My sister's six years older than me, and she was just huge in in my in my process of growing up and and having such a support. Like she has always been like is such a backbone for me. And I think I was like, well, why didn't I, why didn't I talk about her? Like, why didn't it come up? I thought that to myself. And I guess, you know, what the, what it came to was that every memory I have of her is just such a good one. And she's always just been so supportive and loving and always been there. And like, she, like, I don't have any sad feelings about it. I don't, I didn't never drank because of her. I never, um, so I think she was such a happy moment for me that I just never, you know, she didn't come to my mind as I was talking about my story because she wasn't part of any of those bad things. Mm -hmm. She saved me from a lot of them. Like she, you know, we would, she had, a, she went through a hard time in her life when she was in high school and I was a young girl and, and being the empath that I am, I saw her crying one day and I was like, boy, I got to do something because this is my big sister. And I don't know, I don't want to tell her, oh, that's what it was. I, I, she was crying and I thought, well, why is she crying? So I went into her room and I stole her diary. <laughs> Such a little shit. And I read it and she was going through a lot of heartbreak and she was saying, I don't think my family understands me. I don't think my family loves me. They're all just happy and I'm just miserable. I think it was like teenage, like you know, hormonal drama bullshit. Um, but as a young girl, I was like, oh no, like she, she thinks we don't love her. So like, I have to figure out how to do this. So I, I started making these notes for her and I would leave them all over the house. Like I would put one where her, her hairbrushes and then I'd put one um, in her shoe or in her underwear, uh, like where she'd find it and like be like, what? And I was just like, this is just your little sister. And I just wanted to tell you, I love you. And you know, like just like little encouraging things. Cause I felt like she was suffering, but I didn't want her to know that I read her diary. <laughs> so, um, so, but you know, it's funny because that has lasted to this day. And I find like, she was just visiting me and she's been super supportive of the, the sober journey. And I just, I love her so much. Um, I was leaving her notes because I didn't want her to know that I uh, had read her diary. Um, and so to this day, we still do that. Like I, I, she just came to visit and I was, I still finding notes and I just want to remind her and I always do that I started this so don't try and overnote me like I found notes everywhere she had notes inside my like dryer sheets that I put in <laughs> you know like she wrote on the dryer sheets like ha, I love you you know um 
I mean, all the random places. It's so funny, like in my dog bag. So I try to like pick up dog poop and here's a note falls out. Like it's hysterical. Like, and this just continues. Like, and I do this with everybody. I do it with my parents. And like, I've gotten to the point where if I don't leave one for my parents, they're like, oh, you didn't leave me a note in my bed or you didn't leave me a note on the plate for next week, Tuesday that I'm going to find, you know, <laughs> um, it's funny, but it is, it is continued like little tiny bursts of love, you know, and, um, my husband's family even teases me because they'll be like, my God, Tracy, how long ago did you hide this note? I just opened up my cigar box and here's a note from you wrapped in a cigar. <laughs> my father-in-law, oh, he's the cutest. But anyway, so, you know, that I, I'd like to, I like to find little ways to, to, you know, burst into people's lives and make them happy. And she does that now back to me. So for me, like, it's such a joy to know that, you know, she really does give back to me. And I think that that's why she didn't come to my mind because I'm talking about all the miserable things and, and, and how I suffered. And so she didn't, you know, she didn't come to my brain uh, because I, she's so great. It's, it's really difficult to um, cover all the things that are so important to you in two hours, isn't it? Talk about her sister. Well, how stupid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I, I totally get that. Um, yeah, uh, now I've gone blank. So this is your first, um, this is, <laughs> I am your first interview. You, you, I'm popping my cherry with you, Rags. Yes, and, and considering <laughs> my story was all about, it started with being a virgin and wanting to remain a virgin. That's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, how apt, how apt that you're my first then, isn't it? So, so, um, yeah, it's, it's been, um, I think, I think we were both nervous before this. I was dreaming about you last week, you know, last night and technical issues and everything, but, um, we, we've, oh. Oh. um, yeah, I just think it's, it's just so exciting and it's so exciting being on the app and seeing the difference that it's making. And I think you know, Sober Town is starting to spread its little tentacles out now. And it's just, I just think it's its really cool um, if, if people just listen to our story and it just buoys one person to change a little bit. And, you know, yours was, was just so full of, you know, oh, we haven't even touched on your brother-in-law and all of that. I was just like, wow. I was just listening to it and like, wow. Or the, oh, and 9-11, do you know that's my actual wedding date? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. How crazy that connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it before or after 9-11? It was, it was my, I got married in 2003, but we had a, we had a, a big wedding ceremony, but the day before, we actually got married and it was 9-11, so um, as you call it. So uh, on our wedding certificate, it says 9-11. So, um, but yeah, I was like, wow, spooky date. <laughs> uh, he, is, he is so, he's so prevalent in my life. He is, is always with me. It's, it's amazing how many times I'm thinking of him or talking to him and, you know, there goes a fire engine or I look and there's, it's 54 or there's a car uh, license plate in front of me 54 like and it always seems to be when I'm asking for something like I'll ask mm -hmm. you know what do you think about this like I, I'm constantly talking to him I, I of course I'm praying to God I I'm very religious in that respect and you know I'm asking God please give me guidance on this and please give me guidance on that and but in the same breath I'm also talking to him you know I'm also saying can you just you know when 
actually, like when I first got married, I couldn't get pregnant. Like it took me a really, really long time. And I was dying because it's the one thing I, I wanted so badly other than to be married. Now I wanted my children. Like those were my two, you know, pinnacle things. And I just couldn't do it and couldn't do it. And every morning I would like hold this baby shoe in my hand. Uh, I, I had found this, um, these pair of baby shoes at a rummage sale and they were tiny little like baptism shoes like that you would buy for a baptism for an infant and I held it in my hand because I remember reading something about how if you want something to happen you have to envision it happening so I would hold it in my hand and I would envision um, my son's feet filling the shoes and um, and every day I would I would sing pray because I, I sing and pray at the same time and I would be I would think of his feet filling the shoes and I would, and I would ask Lenny, I was like, listen, if there's anything you can do, can you, can you please just pull, pull some strings with the big man up there? Cause I really need a baby and I'm just, I please, <laughs> I'm dying. So uh, we get, we get pregnant um, in, I think, you know, they tell you to relax. Oh yeah, sure. But tell me to relax when I'm trying to do something that never works. Right. So I think over Christmas, because I love Christmas so much, I wasn't thinking about it. We did conceive. And then when I found out um, the, the due date, I almost died, like died because he, uh, the doctor said, oh, well, you're due on 9-11. And I was like, no, <laughs> no way. Like literally no way. And he's like, yeah, that's your due date. I mean, could be the eighth, but we're going with the 11th. And I'm like, wow. This is just, I mean, chills. I have chills now actually saying it. And um, then my, hu my husband, my son came a month early actually. So he was born August 18th um, and with nine days of labor, can I ex express that to you in, in another way? Nine days of labor um, because he was early and they didn't want him to come. So they kept trying to get him to stop from coming. And there was no amount of stopping that kid. And he is still like that today. So he is a mile a minute. There's no stopping that kid. So yeah, he was coming no matter what. So he didn't come on 9-11, but he was due on 9-11. Um, and uh, can you imagine nine days of labor, like back labor, like intense labor for nine, like what the, that was terrible. So, um, so he came and then I remember holding him and I'm looking at his feet and there is a, um, on his like palm, like on the bottom of his feet, you know, like your, what do you call that? The lines in your oh, feet. Yeah. Right. But on your toes. So like your whatever, but it, there was a shape of a cross in the, in the, in the, in his toe, the one that I held in my hand, like, are you kidding? You know, and just, I don't know. There's just so many things like I, for me, it's, it's impossible for me to hear that, God isn't real. I, you know, I give respect to everyone that isn't there yet or has other beliefs. I believe God shows himself in, in many different ways uh, for many different people. Like um, he'll show himself as the sun or he'll show himself. Um, but for me, he is, he is God, you know, and, um, and I, I don't push that on anybody, but if anybody ever wants to talk about it or, you know, see how I feel or, you know, get my thoughts on that, I'm always open to that because for me, it's been very easy it's been simple. It's been very clear to me mm. who he is and who he is in my life. And, um, and I just, I love to share it. So, you know, I'm just, I'm little bits and pieces here and there. Your faith, and your faith shines like a little, like a little light bulb. It's <laughs> uh, when I'm passionate about something, it, it obviously comes out that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I always say, I say on the app before I ever spoke to you or anything, you're like a little ray of sunshine wherever you go. You're like, Rags is here. She's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's yeah. really nice. And I just want to say before the conversation is over, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you because I think you're just, I really honestly just think you're amazing. Oh, you just you. need you need to shout that a little bit louder, girl. <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> I'll whisper it for now so I'm comfortable. <laughs> oh, that means a lot to me. It really, really does. Thank you. Yeah. You're so sweet. Okay. I must love you. I must, I must love you back. <laughs> <laughs> this is our little love affair that we always have on IAS. I, lo- I must love you. I must love you back. I must I must and you know what that's when you were saying I I tend to be misunderstood I just I am an extremely passionate uh open book flirtatious person you know I come across as very like woo you know like in your face lovey 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 kiss kiss hug hug um I know drifter was teasing me about that too but it it truly it's just it's just genuine though from you and I don't want to bottle it up I just I'm sick of doing that you know like I'm kind of done like if sobriety's done anything for me it's just allowed me to just be like you know what this is how I how I am this is how I is (laughs) that's what I want to say (laughs) this is how I is um (laughs) Yeah, no, this is how I am. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm just, I'm tired of like keeping it inside. If I love you, I'm going to freaking tell you I love you. That's it. Bottom line. I love you. I mean it. I have a lot of different levels of love and they're all uh, love, period. They they might be um, friendship love. They might be romantic love for one person only. um, And that's the hubster. But, um, you know, I I just, I'm not going to stop it. I'm not going to bottle it. I refuse. I just- with who I am and I don't care who doesn't love me because of it or who doesn't agree with me or who thinks that I shouldn't do what I am doing because I could give a fuck really oh I'm sorry I is who I is <laughs> we're getting the trash talk now <laughs> yes but thank you for Thank you for reaching out to me and doing the follow-up. I really didn't think I had anything to say. And then, you know, it's easy. You're easy to talk to. So Yeah, there we go. We, we filled the time. Thank you for being my first, Rags. Thank you. I'll never forget you. Forget <laughs> Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Sober Town podcast. And um, we love you. And I'll see you soon. Okay. Yeah, Bye. must love you back. Bye-bye. Bye.